within three bites of the fat trim, I got an erection. Wow. You guys, Primal Meetup's doing really well. I can't believe people are joining and it's just awesome. I'm I'm just excited about this group. And I was telling Ben actually during this episode that I enjoy every single night I come home and I log on to Primal Meetup and I enjoy having this community so much to lean on. It's like a group of people that I can lean on to show up with great energy, to answer some of my health questions if I have any of them and to just vibe with me on a level that I can't connect with other people on in the regular real world you know like it's amazing to be able to enjoy the topic of raw meat and a primal lifestyle and clean living with other people who understand what the fuck I'm talking about so if you guys are in like the primal world and eat the raw primal diet or just are interested in in these topics you can join primal meetup by going to the link i put in the show notes it's a really nice energy in there and i'm really proud of what we've been creating and eventually we're going to do like physical meetups and hopefully i'll be traveling around the country sooner or later here and i'll be able to visit different folks you guys around the country and um, we're going to use primal meetup as a platform in order to do that and uh, we also use it for dating people have already met on there which is amazing and um i'm just really excited about it you guys so if you're interested in joining if you want some like-minded community if you know in-person community is not really available to you to the extent that you need it uh join primal meetup you won't regret it hello everybody welcome back to root awakening a health podcast we have a part two episode for you guys today and i was just telling ben i'm pretty sure it's the first time i've ever done this like bang bang right in a row part one part two Ben Holmes is with me again for this recording and he was on last week's episode and we both agreed that we wanted to have another episode because we have a lot to talk about and we didn't quite we had a great spontaneous episode but I wasn't feeling that great health wise it's a good episode go back and listen to it but I just I wanted to kind of get deeper into some of the topics that Ben and I had talked about talking about on this podcast and thank god he agreed so welcome back to your awakening health podcast ben thank you emily with blessing me another episode uh i'm glad to be here same i love talking to you um and everyone just to just to give him a fair intro he's at true.healthproject on instagram and then we'll link his youtube in the show notes okay I want to start here because like I just told you, Ben, it's hard for me sometimes to stick to the practical topics, but I want to do that with you because you have been on the quest for true health and you have uh, annotated, damn it, the vocab words, uh, you've like, you've documented your progress with health since starting the primal diet, eating raw meat, the raw primal diet that we're always talking about on here. So I want to start by asking you, what 
what did okay so let's give everyone a background to start out when you started the primal diet you mentioned in our last episode that you just had an intuition to get bulkier and bigger and feel more masculine and we did touch on that in the last episode but that was really it there wasn't any health problems for you when you started this diet right yeah um i didn't have any really big ailments or diseases or anything um which was fortunate um i i do have small things that i could list out though kind of before i start all this okay um all right so i don't know like rewinding back to the keto days and all that um i had really not severe but really um consistent everyday um loss of circulation in my hands and my feet um I hear a lot of other people have this issue as well (laughs) um and I think it was like due to the fact that I was switching diets also so frequently like cold turkey I was going back from the high carb to the low carb high fat, low fat kind of thing. Um, my electrolytes, I think, were completely out of whack. Um, I just didn't have the balance of electrolytes and minerals in my body, I think, when I was just switching these diets. My body was like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, like, can we get a balanced diet full well-rounded minerals and electrolytes? And so I didn't even, I didn't know all this, uh, the science of behind electrolytes and everything. I just kind of like went into a cold turkey like I usually do. And um, at that point in keto, I was doing all the uh, the supplements and like, and I mean supplements, I mean electrolyte supplements. So that's the sodium, the potassium, the magnesium, all that stuff that's like made from a lab. Um, there's really nothing natural about it in my opinion. At least now that I've gone through all that, I don't think it's natural anymore. Um, but yeah, all those processed kind of electrolytes, I was like giving them a shot because once I started feeling fatigue combined with the the circulation issues on keto, I started getting curious and I looked into the forums and like online helps and all that kind of stuff. Like, yo, what do these symptoms really mean on keto? And people were just saying directly like, electrolyte imbalance you have a terrible imbalance they're saying uh, so i'm like damn okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they make they make it serious on there they, they just tell you straight up um so i was like okay, okay. i'll look in my electrolytes so i start tracking my electrolytes and all that stuff you know down to the milligram um which that was a little stressful for me i'll say i didn't like doing that um but i did it for a little bit and um the circulation problem I noticed as I would just up all the electrolytes, whether it's potassium, magnesium, sodium, but up all of them in the circulation wasn't getting better at all. Really. Um, it was the same, you know, my feet would be like ice cold. Same thing with the hands. It was just really, really scary actually. Cause I was like, am I losing feeling in my feet, in my hands? Um, and I just, I didn't want to, you know, psych myself out and then go to the doctor and take some long-term prescription i just didn't want to do that um so yeah i was trying to look you know yeah the homeopathic way um so 
at that point, the circulation issue, I was like, why am I not getting better? And what am I eating right now? And so I looked at the electrolyte powders themselves. And I was like, I can't say for sure this has done anything positive for me. Uh, um, even just the circulation issue. I didn't get any energy like people say you're supposed to get. You're supposed to get mad energy from that stuff. And I would still crash uh, in the middle of the day or something. Um, and so I cut out the electrolyte powders. And this is where also it was combined with cutting out plants. Plants? The, yeah, plants and a lot of leafy green vegetables and all that kind of stuff. Um, I was like, okay, I cut out the powders. I'm feeling a little bit better. Um, circulation problem is still an issue. So then I looked at the plants. And I looked at the plants because that was like 90% of my meals on keto. It was huge salads. Oh. Just massive. Um, and like, like, I had never eaten that size of a salad in my life throughout my whole life. Um, and, and now for these months, I was just pounding salads and I kind of, I'm glad I looked at the patterns of how I was living compared to how I was before, because I needed to figure out what else I was eating a lot of, which was the salad. Um, so I cut back gradually. I didn't go cold turkey on the salad thing, kind of cut it back to like avocado and like cucumbers and that kind of stuff. Um, and I noticed like a lot of my fatigue went away. My daily fatigue was going away. And I was like, this makes no sense. I'm removing something from my diet. Whoa. <laughs> it's like, this is interesting. Um, and so at the time, it was also a help that, that I did up my animal fat and protein intake. That probably gave me some mineral balance a little bit back in the diet. Um, and also I started eating more dairy gradually because I, I was like, I was not getting full because of that fiber from that salad. Um, when I, when I cut out the fiber, I mean, you kind of just get bloated and then you think you're full. You're not really full though. Um, like when you, you, you haven't. When you cut out the fiber, you were bloated or when you were having fiber, high fiber intake, you were bloated. When I was high fiber, I was bloated. Right. Uh, and that's actually a symptom I didn't even touch. I I literally just like, I don't know what the word is. Uh, I guess I, I ignored that symptom because I thought, oh, you know, you get a little bloating with meals, whatever. But I was like, I didn't realize that it's not normal. Right. Shouldn't be bloated. <laughs> Shouldn't be bloated. And um, so I pushed through that symptom for months, uh, just being dumb. And um and then, yeah, with the, um, where was I? Cutting out the fiber. I realized I wasn't as full because I wasn't bloated. And I thought bloated and full were kind of the same thing, like like uh, satiated. Um, but it turns out, once I cut out the fiber, then I just wasn't full anymore after my meals. And that's when I knew the plants were kind of like this facade over my satiety markers and so i upped the fat and i upped the protein and i upped the dairy and then i was actually full without being bloated and i was like 
whoa, I, I was being blocked this whole time by some sort of food that people eat all the time. Um, and I was like, man, this is, that was another big turning point. I didn't mention last time, like the vegetables, cutting out the vegetables. I don't, I don't hate vegetables. I know they have their therapeutic properties, the herbs and stuff. I like herbs still. Um, but the only fruits or I guess vegetables that I, are considered fruits I eat is just like cucumber, tomato, and maybe a little avocado. And that is it. That's all I eat anymore. <laughs> no spinach every day. None of that. Um, and I feel so much better without all that. So back to the circulation. Sorry, I got to jump back. Uh, the circulation issue started to go away when I upped the fat soluble vitamin foods like the dairy the um, animal fat the protein even if it was pasteurized you know i was eating all pasteurized stuff back then but the mineral imbalances just kind of slowly went away um and along with that the, the other physical kind of pain that i had um it was kind of like a slight pain that i had while on keto eating a lot of vegetables was i had back pain like a back pain that was it wasn't like I did a workout and it was, I'm sore. It was like almost a sharp pain uh, in my back. And I'd never had that. I, I don't classify as serious because I never had that my whole life. I only had that when I was on keto. And I think it was due to the high vegetable intake. It could have, it could have been all the, the oxalates, what people talk about the whole defensive uh, mechanisms they have. I think it, it could have been like my kidney sending some pain signals or some organ sending pain signals you know, just coming out through the back where they're kind of located and i could have been doing some serious damage uh to my organs and i just wasn't i wasn't even aware what that could have been um so i'm glad i took action kind of just instinctually i guess in a way if that makes sense that makes it makes so much sense it makes so much sense i really ben i have to hold my, myself back from like saying like ooh, yeah <laughs> like kind of interrupting you as you're talking <laughs> because this this stuff just makes so much sense to me it just brings so true to me intuitively and you're describing a lot of feelings and reactions that i have felt throughout my life and i want to pause and like take a moment here to reflect on what you just said because I think there are plenty of people out there that are eating the fucking salads and there are some people that take the take to the salads great but I think there are a lot of people out there eating the fucking salads and it doesn't feel intuitively right to them and it's making them bloated and it mm -hmm. is it is doing exactly what you said it was doing to your body just kind of like band-aid the, the bloating is like putting a band-aid over the actual need for nutrients that the body has but I think people just keep eating the fucking vegetables because they think they're supposed to because that's what yeah. I always did too you know and um I love what you're saying about supplements as well same thing supplements just never they they just never felt right to me it never felt like my body was really absorbing them I didn't like swallowing the pills but I thought that's what healthy people do they they take their fucking supplements all the time and I just want to take a mm. moment and tell everybody out there follow what feels right to you like experiment and follow what feels right because your body knows 
basically, well, I could say your body knows all, you know, we would get into another spiritual conversation, but like your body knows best, I would say at the end of the day, as in, I mean, that's a nuanced topic, but like there, there are other ways of gaining nutrients than taking pill supplements and then eating vegetables. Like there, there are. And, um, I just want people to know that, that if it's not feeling right to you, um, there are other options. And I think you described that really, really well, Ben, like, so, so do, does fat and protein provide electrolytes? Um, as far as what I have read and experienced, mm -hmm. the fat, when it is in its most natural form, which I now believe is raw, um, even when you do cook fat and protein, you do have some leftover, um, what's the word? Um, not denatured minerals and vitamins so there's like there's that whole complex of like b vitamins and all that like stuff that's naturally in animal foods only like um there was a, there's a set of vitamins that like are like you can literally find on google that vegetables do not have but animal products do have they do have that vitamin that's required for the human body to thrive um and so when I was looking into that, I was like, oh, the fat most the fat is the best um source of a lot of minerals because that's where all the nutrients, like let's say for a cow example, when they eat that grass and everything, and it goes through that uh that gut grinder that they have in their stomach, uh, all those like grass vitamins, they they turn soluble and they store in their fat. Um, so you're getting all the minerals and all these things from the, the grass, for example, and it's storing the animal's fat. So the fat, and it, I mean, the muscle, the protein, yes, it has some like, uh, um, amino acids and like all that kind of, you know, collagen, but it's kind of more depleted in minerals because the fat is the best I've heard at storing, uh, minerals and, and, and also you've heard how it stores toxins. It stores everything um, that comes through it. So the fat is way more mineral rich um, and vitamin rich, therefore. So um, I think when you have raw fat, you have the complete vitamin complex. Nothing is destroyed. It's all there. It's ready to be accessible. But when you cook something, yes, I was getting vitamins and nutrients from that cooked protein and fat. It just wasn't its complete form. So I didn't feel amazing um, when I was on my cooked carnivore and keto. Um, but it was something my body could utilize rather than vegetables claiming, studies claim they have vitamins and nutrients. But in reality, they have defense chemicals that don't let you access those um, vitamins and minerals. But herbivores can do it. They have the stomach to do it. You know, it's like the cows, like they have that stomach that whatever, I don't know what it's called. It's like the rumen or something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's able to get past those defense chemicals and digest the minerals it needs from the vegetables. But it's like, it makes sense why we bloat when we eat the vegetables. We don't have that stomach capacity um, or ability 
to break down the vitamins and minerals from vegetables. Um, but with animal fat, zero bloating, and we get the minerals and the vitamins. It's like it connects. Um, that's how I look at it, kind of like from a high level view. I'm sure you get way more scientific on it, but that's kind of like my analysis on on how to compare foods and in, in their composition. Um, so yeah, it's like fat, protein, and then like dairy. Um, dairy is loaded with minerals. Um, it's just like liquid gold, basically. Um, it just has, you know, liquefied fat soluble vitamins. There's no, almost no digestive burden on our system. I feel like to digest dairy, um, especially when we're a baby, you know, we need that. We need easy digesting, um, foods. So the dairy, I mean, it's immediate fat soluble vitamins. It's immediate proteins. Um, and the carb, like the, the lactase that comes from it, um, that I don't know really, I haven't looked into lactase so much. I need, that's a cool science actually, the lactase, um, cause it allows the lactase and then like the sugar molecule lactose to, to work together. So you can digest the carb easily, um, for energy, but when you pasteurize it, you kill lactase. So lactose comes in and then you're lactose intolerant, all that kind of jazz, um, yeah, that's a whole science rabbit hole. But uh, back to what you're saying, the minerals, uh, how are you getting them? It's kind of like, once again, when you pasteurize the dairy, you're cooking the minerals and you're cooking, you're denaturing all the proteins and the fats. So you just don't feel as great. You could feel great on the standard American diet, maybe if you're drinking completely raw things you're eating completely raw even if you're eating processed stuff i feel like you would feel enlightened you would feel energetic because you've got those raw minerals and it's like you're not missing really a lot other than you're adding toxins to your system with standard american diet you're still hopefully not eating as many plants so you're going to get a benefit from those animal foods um, even if they're slightly cooked I think as far as minerals, that's how I look at it, I guess. Cool. So, so once, <laughs> excuse me, once you started eating the fat and the animal, more animal products, the circulation issue went away. Yes. That was the big, um, winner was the animal products, um, up in those and just, getting off of my high horse with the whole the seeds and the um nuts <laughs> like that was that was such a big uh hurdle for me i was like oh i can't live on seeds and nuts that sucks because <laughs> uh, they're so portable you know so everything but it's like you need to figure out a way to fit animal products in your diet um it, they just enhance all of your energy levels when you need it uh, your hormones, my hormones. I know you wanted to talk about hormones a little bit in this episode. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for reminding me. Oh, good. But yeah, I was gonna say last thing on that note is every deficiency that I had on keto went away when I upped the animal products just across the board. Just, I felt 
like I was moving up in the next dimension. I was like, okay, cut out the seeds, cut out the nuts, cut out the vegetables. Didn't really know about, I wish I knew about raw um, dairy, at least back then. I didn't know shit about that. So um, I kind of just was slowly getting better. But um, yeah, I didn't break through at the keto point at all. I was still pretty brainwashed with a lot of stuff. Um, so it was a slow, slow learning process. That's how it is. It's the natural way. <laughs> yeah, natural. I guess it might be too damaging. It might be too damaging, actually. That's a good topic for people to get blindsided with the truth of like food and things like they might just be like what now i'm traumatized so it could be something to that and uh yeah that could be why people react so harshly to news like that can you expand on what you just said um so i guess there will be times i'll be online um and i'll kind of I'll tr- I try not to come off as really aggressive when I'm like talking about my um, beliefs on like what the best sources of nutrition are or the best, um, I don't know, uh, grounding methods or something like that, something really specific. But when I say something that's very against the the medical profession, <laughs> it's usually the medical profession or it could be like... Um, uh i don't know how to say this just big big media kind of topics um there will always be someone there in the comments to rebuttal and be like you are going to kill people with this advice and i think like they are it kind of goes back to the dogmatic thing actually a little bit they are dogmatic in their way and they're thinking i'm dogmatic in my way i try not to be dogmatic when i say things like this like oh you guys should really draw raw this raw that but they're thinking i'm like evil they think i am evil and um (laughs) because this has gone against what they've thought their entire life what they've studied their entire life what they have been praised on their entire life by the medical industry uh thousands of textbooks they have probably read and I feel really bad for them. I feel like it's genuinely bad for them because um, they're great people, but I think they've been misled um, to some degree. Some some of it may be true what they're reading, but a lot of nutritional stuff. Um, so to kind of close this like thought I'm on, a lot of people in the comments, um, even if they're not medical professionals, they'll just be like, I can't believe you would say this kind of thing. Like, I will report anything you say from from now on because you are just not credible kind of oh my god yeah like though i've had some heated like people come after me um and i don't really like to encourage that activity um oh yeah (laughs) i'll give them like a a one sentence response be like i understand your view um i would just encourage you to look at it see you later yeah um (laughs) that's where i leave it but people are just I think they can be traumatized if you don't say something it's like kind of leans into the the a new insight kind of thing as far as raw and as far as you know challenging your own religion that you follow kind of thing 
uh it's like people just are too dogmatic in that way so it might be traumatizing to to think about new stuff so maybe got to do just piece by piece kind of like edge them on a little bit so you're saying like as far as communication of ideas go going too fast or exposing people to too much information at first might have the opposite effect and might kind of turn them off because it's like way too different from what they're used to yeah yeah exactly it's like i love that saying that says like um you can lead a sheep to water but you can't make them drink it or something like that like that is really good like, that's just like on par with everything when you're trying to tell someone something new uh that they're they're really against it's just like dude i'm gonna like give you a couple of facts here and then you can like read on it um and if you really want to if you're really curious and you want to learn something new like you will read on that thing um just like i did when some people were telling me about this kind of lifestyle i was like all right all right fine maybe i'll read a, read a little bit something like that and then um you just get hooked when you find a little bit of truth and um it's such a good feeling to to get little pieces of truth here and there but if i got the big picture all at once i probably would have went into like some sort of manic mindset or something i would have been like oh my god even my family is lying to me or something like something like that i'd be like what is what is real i would go into that kind of like is is anything real kind of thing but, but yeah. when you kind of like do it in a calm state you're like okay let me try this um truth that someone had just told me i'll try it out and then i can disprove myself if it's, if it's false um so yeah in a way you can judge what is true and what is not by self-experimentation as well yeah yeah so true i love that level of thinking here it's so true it's okay so a couple things before I forget and again like you said to kind of tie in these topics that we've just talked about mm -hmm. um when I had an eating disorder way like 10 years ago yeah 10 years ago exactly just about maybe 12 years ago I had horrible circulation and it was crazy it was like when I started my eating disorder like when I decided that I was gonna like stop eating so much immediately my circulation went down and I was so cold mm. all the time and I was like okay well I'm losing weight so that makes sense because I have like less fat in my body but it was also like like you say certain areas of my body were really really frigid and um but I didn't think it was that weird because yeah I lived in Michigan and I talked to a lot of people who had bad circulation too. So I was like, oh, that's just something that happens in the winter here. And then it uh, wasn't until I adopted animal products into my diet. No problems with circulation. And I'm like, fine in the winter. I'm not like a cold person anymore. So some people, I just noticed some people say like, oh, I'm just like a cold person. Like I'm cold all the time. I don't buy that that much. I think it depends. I know a, a woman from Peru here um, and like people that are from really warm climates, but like I was born in Southern California, you know, I wasn't born in Michigan and um, I'm just mm -hmm. not, I'm not like a cold person. So I just wanted to highlight that and share my experience because like, it's so similar. No, I mean, 
different context, but kind of basic, essentially the same pattern that I went through as you did, Ben. So I just wanted to give other people uh, uh, some other pieces of evidence there that like men, if, if you think you're just like a cold person, try to add more fat into your diet. And the, the full thing is just 100% my experience too. So wanted to tie a bow on that. Um, mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, this topic of like exposing people to information. And like, I want to just say, I don't think I know all the answers. Like, so it's not, I think it's, I could talk about this and it could, it could sound a lot like, oh, once people figure out the truth, like I know 100% the truth and other people will get it. (laughs) Like I can learn so much from other people. And I remember Ben, you said, I don't think we were recording at this point, but last time we were talking before we hung up the zoom call, you were saying like, well, there are there are people that have like very traditional tribal indigenous values and information that I don't know about, you know, there's still room to learn. So I just wanted to like, yeah, preface, preface what I'm going to say here. But like Mm -hmm. when I found out about all the raw meat stuff, it was from Wes and Wes Rowe, who was also on this podcast. And um, it was kind of everything at once but I didn't feel resistant to it. I just thought it was fascinating, but it still took me months to even want to try raw meat. Even after he came on this podcast, I was just like, that sounds great. Or like, it's interesting, but it's, it sounds kind of crazy to me, you know? Mm. So it's exactly what you said. That was my experience when you're saying like, yeah, maybe the exposure to information is just like, you can't, it's, it's, some people have this like spiritual awakening when they get exposed to some new information and they try it and they love it. But I think a lot of us, our brains just don't work like that. Like we have to keep ourselves safe. And part of that is like slowly doing research or slowly kind of mulling it over in our mind intuitively, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's like, I'm in the same boat cause I'm, I'm not like all knowing as far as like the psychology of people and how they react and um, Mm -hmm. deal with certain information uh, that's new to them. So it's like, I would assume most people don't want to be slapped in the face with information. Um, At least that's where I'm coming from as well. Um, I like everything to kind of be gently presented to somebody. So I don't come off as um, extreme. And then they're never going to, I feel like they're never going to like listen to me ever again. They're like, no, he's just a whack job. Like he's just extreme. Um, So that's kind of how I've approached. um, I think before the recording, we were talking about a little bit, talking to my own family. I don't know if you want to get into that uh, or we do that later. No, we're getting into it very naturally here. I love it. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, and so I guess as as a timeline goes, with my own family, I haven't told them really specifically I'm doing a primal style of living. I haven't said those words yet. <laughs> And I haven't said those words because I am, I'll admit, I am afraid of some reactions. I have to admit that. Um, 
because if I don't admit that, then I'm lying. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to be transparent. So, like first couple months, I um, I told no one I was eating raw meat or anything. Like wow. nobody. Knew. Yeah, first couple of months, like it wasn't even just a couple of days. Uh, I would take like raw meals. I would run up to my room because I live with roommates, and I would hide from them. Oh. <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> um, yeah. So I would, yeah, I would hide from people because that actually might be a kind of like a like a cold turkey exposure mm. to someone doing something extreme, and so I didn't want them to be like, "Ben, you're gonna kill yourself." What are you doing? Yeah. Type thing. And so I think, yeah, I think that was like the main driver for us. Like I didn't want to expose to anyone, but I wanted to do it so bad. Um, like I craved eating things raw. And um, this is going to get into the family part. Don't worry. But it starts with the the kind of where I'm living now. And the roommates I had, like, they're very accepting of a lot of things. Um, that's how a lot of people from Northern Virginia, Northern Virginia are. They're very accepting of a lot of things. But um the raw meat thing absolutely not no one does that uh, up here that i know of at least in my connection in my circle um so it's kind of like i, I was doing primal style um eating and living but i wasn't doing anything in person with anyone i was just virtual at that time like on the telegrams and all that stuff i was like dude this stuff is amazing like um i want to talk to somebody but I can't talk to anyone. And it was, it's, it's, it's hard because you want to like talk real time to people uh, sometimes about things that are, that are new and exciting. But I couldn't talk to anyone because I just didn't feel comfortable doing it. Um, which I'm sure a lot of people relate to. Um, and so I'm moving along, moving along, like it's probably like third month, I think in, and um, I started just not caring. I kind of just start not caring about like I think I stop not caring because I start speaking a little bit it slips out in conversations a little bit of things like people my roommates notice I have like raw butter they notice I have raw dairy and they're like man what the hell is that like what why are you getting butter all the way from Amish country <laughs> like you could just go to the store are you an idiot I'm like no trust me like this is the good stuff like it is actually better. I used to like give them a reason to buy it because the taste was the best. I didn't give them the whole bacteria spiel. I didn't give them all that. <laughs> they Dang, I do the same thing. It's such really? a smart way to introduce people to this stuff because it's better. It tastes better. Like people love that. Yeah. yeah. And I love that that people are doing that too. Um, so once you get their the idea in their mind is like, oh, there is better quality stuff people just like high quality higher quality stuff so i mean the next few days my roommate buys cheese from like an amish place <laughs> like, he's like already thinking about it like he's just thinking about it um and i like hooked him a little bit which i which was funny so at that point this is when i start like not caring because i introduced them to it and my roommates would like every time they're usually not home because they work uh, in office and I work fully remote. Like I'm just chilling. Um, and so I'll be, I'd be making a meal and let's, let's say they had a day off or something. Um, the first 
couple times um that I didn't care. I made like a raw meal. And usually if I knew they were home, I would take it up to my room and eat it by myself. But then I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to take my time and not stress. I'm going to make this meal like fancy. And I made like a steak tartare kind of thing. And my roommate walks in. He's like, well, why is that so red? Like red meat? <laughs> he's like, Ben, like, are you like sure you know what you're doing? I'm just like, they serve this dish at the highest quality restaurants. Yes. How is that not accepted still in society? It just doesn't make sense. If they're going to serve something to the common public, how is that not accepted at least? But here's here's the thing. is like a not, not a lot of people have the knowledge that kind of dish even exists. They don't even know. Um, and that's, that's going to be a good segue into the family thing because that's like this kind of a similar topic. Um, but to finish this story, so I'm making the state park and everything. And um, I'm like, yeah, you just get the best quality meat that you can. Source the best quality you can, grass fed if you can and everything like that. That's how I leaned him in a little bit more to raw meat. I was like, don't worry about uh, the bacteria and all that. Make sure you get at least the best quality. Because then it's like, if you're scared of, I don't know, some sort of parasite, let's say, which a lot of people are and aren't scared of parasites. But I gave them the whole kind of like gradual, um, nice way to say it. I was like, yeah, there won't be parasites or anything crazy. Like, don't worry. It's, it's good quality source, ethically raised, all that. And then like, um, I would start to eat it in front of them. And their face would just go like white, pale. <laughs> and they would just, like they don't, they don't know unless they've tried it themselves what I'm doing, I think, kind of thing. Yeah, so sure. they're just like, boom. And I kind of felt bad doing that kind of thing because it seems a little abrupt. But I feel like eventually if you don't see someone do it, yeah, you're going to be like, can you even do that? Like, yeah. like kind of thing. And so that's how we found it. like we found it through youtube and all that stuff west row and you know we we see them doing it because we looked for it i guess or manifested as you like to say yeah. Um, so yeah that that's kind of like first exposure to real humans in real life it's possible but i would say just take it slow so they don't pass out on the floor yeah. uh kind of thing um but if you want me to segue into the family thing, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was cool listening to you describe your relationship to getting the word out about what you're doing, because I guess I realized it was this, it's the same for me. Like, I laughed when you said that you tried, you didn't tell anyone at first, or I was surprised, but I guess I didn't tell anyone at first either. I mean, besides my entire Instagram audience, so that's different. Like the people <laughs> that are personally in my life, I didn't. I just am realizing that. And even now, like my parents, I didn't say anything. They just kind of observed what I was doing. And they were like, oh, they they try to be so cool about all the stuff that I try because I'm crazy and they know I'm crazy. So they're like, we're just going to like go along with what she does because then it's easier for everybody. So they're like, oh, is that like, are you making like steak tartare? And I'm like, yeah. So it worked out 
with them, but I still get self-conscious about it. And with my friends, I brought over a raw meal the other week and yeah, it just, they're, they also try to be cool, but I can tell that <laughs> it's weird. It's weird for people that we told our whole lives that we are going to get sick if we do this. And here we are, you and I doing that in front of people. So it's just, it's like a programming thing. So I just think it's, yeah, it's great advice. It's like very relatable for people who eat stuff that that's different than the norm. It's, it's good advice to just ease people into it. I think that's great. Okay. So yeah, with your family, how did that go? Yeah. So, um, pretty much over the last week, uh, is where things started getting real. Uh, the last family. week, like in the past week? Yeah, pre- like af- last weekend after our podcast. Oh my gosh. But I think I think our last podcast gave me some inspiration. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. So, uh, yeah, I went to see the fam. And um, so we were having conversations like, I usually have conversations like right when I get uh, down to the house. Like we just start talking about like, oh, what are you doing? What's, what's going on in the life? Everything, like give me the breakdown. And um, I didn't start with any of these topics. I just, you know, said my my usual shoot the shit kind of thing. Like, oh, this is my hobby. This is other stuff I've been doing. And then I, I like, kind of just like try to like gradually lean it in again to um, health. Because I always like talking a lot, like talking a little bit of health because, you know, my parents are getting a little old. I'm just like making sure like they're good and everything. Um but I don't, I don't push anything immediately on them every time. I just kind of, I want to start talking about it. So I'm like, yeah, what do you guys like? You guys are not eating like fast food every day. Are you that kind of conversation? Um, making sure they're like being creative in the kitchen and all that stuff. And then I'll kind of reflect back a little bit on myself and be like, oh, um, here's, what's been, here's what's been working for me recently. I don't know if you guys want to try any of this stuff but here's what's been working for me. Um, and I have told them in the past that like studies and also people's experiences are starting to change on the fat phobia. You know, everyone's used to be scared of the fat and everything, all the boomers and everything. Um, my parents are still, you know, they're still on that fence. Like they're still scared of fat. Um, and I started to preface i started uh getting them to change a little bit when i started bringing raw butter home I, used to, I started bringing it to them um and once they saw like how much i would eat in a sitting <laughs> they were like what the hell is going on here um, <laughs> and a good um convincing marker is to tell them look at my skin like look look at what i'm showing kind of thing um i never had you guys if you're not watching on youtube ben has phenomenal skin very glowy thank you um and so i was just like there's markers that your body gives you i i would kind of like start talking to them about is that you just kind of look at yourself whether it's your eyes eye bags skin um kind of look at all the markers and this is kind of where i segue back to the last weekend, uh, once they started seeing I was eating like a lot of butter and a lot of animal fat, I was like, you know, guys, um, 
I've been recently making a lot of steak tartare. And none of them had ever heard of steak tartare. Wow. And I was like, really? You guys have been older for twice my lifetime and never heard of steak tartare. And that really like shook me for a second. I kind of just like stopped talking. I was like, you guys have really been blindsided from a lot of knowledge, really. Because I would have thought people older than me would have known about maybe a little more traditional lifestyle, mm. um, farm raising and all that kind of stuff. But I guess like maybe it's like a hundred years ago is like where that stuff was going on. Um, mostly kind of like homesteading, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which I guess, you know, my, my, my parents, I guess they grew up, um, they grew up in different areas, but uh, they definitely had like a mom who would cook them like everything. And it was filled with animal based things. Yeah. Like just filled. Um, because they cherish those, you know, child growing foods for their children. Like they knew uh, it was passed down from their great, great people. Um, and so, yeah, my parents are like developed. They're, they look fine and everything, but they just had never looked to anything other than cooked food. That's all, all they know, just cooked food. Um, like nothing raw, not even raw dairy, nothing. Um, just to kind of preface that. Um, and so when I brought the steak tartar, they're just like, wow, that sounds really scary. I would never eat that. That's the first thing they said to me when I said that. And I was, and I just felt like immediately I felt like I was, I don't know how to say it. I felt like I was the minority in the room. Like I just felt, uh, cornered. And so I'm not really experienced talking about, uh, these things with people. So it's hard for me to like come up with stuff on the fly. Mm -hmm. Um, you could probably some people can imagine themselves in that same situation. It's like, oh shit, I gotta like convince them I'm not crazy now. Yep. Um, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's um, at this point, I'm like, all right, how can I turn this into something they can relate to? And um, I start with the whole, oh, I make sure I get the grass-fed meat, the best source meat. I make sure I'm like in the best position to not get sick is what I tell them I'm like there will be no toxic chemicals sprayed on any meat that I eat I make sure of that kind of thing now and so I tell them like yeah you can get toxic meat which a lot of people eat grocery store raw meat and they're fine but just to lean them into it I just wanted to let them know like I'm not eating grocery store meat like straight out of the pack kind of thing um that's USDA you know inspected which probably means chemically sprayed all that kind of stuff um and so they're like okay yeah that's cool it's cool like you're getting good quality stuff <laughs> like okay nice um so they understand that and i was like would you guys ever be open to trying it and they're just like right now no i would not do that and so i could tell they're they're not really breaking through on anything i'm saying because once you say, I'm not going to try it, you haven't really, feel like you haven't really convinced them enough to do anything with it. Um, and so, in summary, they, I don't know if it's like this with your 
family, this is actually an interesting topic. For some reason, I think the mom, if you have both parents still, the mom is more open to trying things than the dad is. That's how it is in my family. I've heard that's the way it is in a lot of other families. And so my mom has always been the one to be like, really curious about what I'm doing. Like, like, are you really like living well doing that and all that kind of stuff? My dad doesn't really give a shit, honestly, what I do. He just hopes I stay alive. <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah, um, things get through quicker to my mom. Like, she will understand where I'm coming from. Um, like, oh, the other thing to link this as well, what I told her. I told her I don't use any more deodorant or anything. No shampoo. That's like, that was the big thing for her because she's all about cleanliness, like smelling good and all that. Um, for the first, like, 30 minutes we were talking about it, she was like Ben you're never gonna get a girl you're never... <laughs> it's, like, it's like you're never gonna attract anyone I'm like hear me out mom when you get to a point where you no longer have toxicity in your body you're no longer putting bad things in your body eventually I will smell good naturally that's what a lot of people were based on uh, for years. I always go back to the ancestral thing sometimes. And she loves ancestral, like uh, living off the land, like herbs and medicines and stuff. Wow. So that's where I can kind of hook her in a little bit. Um, yeah, she watches like survival shows and all that stuff. That's so yeah, that's really, that's one thing I love about her. Um, and I was just like, yeah, if I do smell bad right now, I'll put like lemon juice, like in the areas that smell or something like that. Uh, and it works every time it cuts the odor. Uh, and I was trying to tell her, yes, I only use lemons in the shower. <laughs> she was like, she was just so like, Ben, what, what's going through your head right now? Kind of thing. Um <laughs> But really, I, like, ladies love the fair, like, we love pheromones. So if you if you actually go scientific here, not even just super natural hippie style, but, like, if we're going to talk about, like, the science of how we're attracted to each other, we want the pheromones. Like, we want just the natural body odors. That's what, that's literally what attracts, I mean, a big part of what attracts people together, men and women together, two partners together, are the pheromones, you know? Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually really curious what, like, fully real pheromones actually, like, uh, smell, like. smell like. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know what that would possibly be. So I'm hoping one day we get to that point, uh, which would be really cool. Totally. Um, I, honestly, I, what I feel is that, like, we still have, there's still pheromones, but yeah, the toxicity levels, I'm sure, fuck with that. But the deodorants mm -hmm. really fuck with that. Like, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, even if even if we're not smelling like how we would have thousands of years ago necessarily because of toxicity levels, if we're covering up with some like chemical smelling scent, that's for sure fucking up the pheromones, you know, like that's for sure. Or worse, I used to have like prescription deodorant that would make me stop sweating. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> and that's just like, just keeping whatever in my body. Like to me, it's like, I think we have a better chance at getting to our natural scent by like not fucking with the chemical scents at all. You know what I mean? Cause that's for sure unnatural. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so interesting. I didn't even know you could take prescription Ugh. deodorant. <laughs> oh my god. Don't remind that's me. It's <laughs> a horrible yeah. time in my life. Hey, so you don't use any shampoo, you just use lemon juice on your hair? For about um Yeah, actually it's almost been a year now. I don't use any shampoo, any conditioner, any body wash. Um I actually just use water really to rinse my hair out. Don't you feel now I'm like the normie in that conversation. Don't you feel sticky? Oh, you mean like greasy? Or Yeah. Well, yeah, with your hair, but also with your body because I notice that if I don't like wow, I'm just like realizing how I can kind of like maybe make some changes here too. I feel sticky if I'm not like soaping up with something. Just because I don't oh. sweat and like my feet just feel like gross and sticky. Huh. Yeah, I think um there is something to like if you can get um you ever heard of uh soap nuts? Yeah. I have them. Yeah. Oh yeah, those are awesome. Like you can get the suds and everything like naturally that way, but I uh maybe I just don't get dirty enough <laughs> because I don't feel uh I don't feel like I have like mud and stuff on me all the time. If I did have like mud and all that, I'd probably have to concoct some sort of, you know, soap suddy mixture. But I really, uh, I just use really hot water, um, which I don't know if that's good for my skin or not, but it helps, you know, clean the pores and get things out. And I just like rub it with hot water. I just get in there, um, rub it. And then if it's like something smells, lemon juice, and it just zaps it. Um, <laughs> that's really it so even when you're getting sweaty like in the summer when you got sweaty the hot water would make you feel like not like you have stuff all over you I know what you mean like when you're let's say like you're on like a big run or something yeah and you get that like sticky sweat on yeah, you yeah yeah I really just I use just really hot water like if you run to like a hot bath or something like it really it releases all the um whether it's like sweat that's dried on you, it just kind of releases all of that from your pores. That's right. You're doing the hot baths. Oh yeah, that's a yeah, that's a big one. I need to state that. Oh no, the, I, um, I I forgot, and that you're right. Like, oh, we we should go over that. I think for people that aren't familiar with them, but that would make mm -hmm. me feel clean. I don't think I felt feel like. I don't think I would feel like I would need soap if I was doing the hot baths. So tell us what you put in your hot baths and how often do you do them? For sure. Um, so I do them probably only once or twice a week because um, they're very taxing on the body, mm. like very taxing. Um, and so what I use, my magical remedy, um, is going to be raw milk. Uh, that's the big uh, uh, major ingredient. And then I do it in fear of toxins coming out of the water that you're using, uh, whether it's municipal water or even well water, if you're concerned. You can put um, apple cider vinegar and salt, um, any kind of salt. Those are said from primal diet uh, books and community that it's it harnesses the toxins that are coming out of the water you're using to wash with. Um, so they don't get into your body and then you can safely release toxins out of your body from sweating 
um, at the same time. And it will also get harnessed in those uh, salt, apple cider vinegar in the milk. It just, it's like a binder with those toxins, which is magical. Um, but <laughs> the milk itself, I think, is the big driver for having really soft skin. My skin has never been this soft ever in my life. Um, and I think it's due to you're you're almost giving direct nutrients to the skin and the pores. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, that makes so much sense. Um, you know, I never I never thought about, you know, how they say the skin is an organ and everything. Like it can take nutrients. Um, maybe not digest it as well as your, you know, liver and everything, but it still gets nutrients in the area and it'll soak in. Um, so to give you an example of what a bath would look like, it's like fill up any average size bath with really hot water. Um, I'm sure all the other primal uh, nerds like me that have told you how to do it and everything. <laughs> um, get, get water up to at least like 101 degrees, no hotter than 110. I do like 105 uh, 110 is way too extreme for me. I just start getting like anxious and everything. Uh, um, so I stay 105. And while you're putting that water in, you put in like at least two cups of raw milk, like a whole two cups. Um, doesn't matter what kind of milk, any milk really that's raw. You could probably use goat's milk. I don't know. Um, but the cow's milk, when I drink it, I'm relaxed. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, let's use cow's milk most relaxing maybe yeah. I kind of like how I think about it yeah, yeah. so uh put the cow's milk in uh then the apple cider vinegar and salt use about like I don't know two to three tablespoons of apple cider vinegar a couple tablespoons of salt to your liking um at that point you just literally ragdoll you just lay in in the bath water um as high as you can get the water level maybe like I usually get it up to my neck kind of thing. Uh, at least they like cover the, uh, the chest muscles and everything. So like it's detoxing everywhere uh, over the heart and everything. Um, and once you get in there, I usually don't even like, you know, do a whole rub down. I don't go crazy or anything. I just sit there and I think the sweat and all the toxic smelling things, they just leave my body. They just go. And I don't have to, yeah, I don't have to do this super routine every time to rub down the whole body it's just like it it goes and then when toxins are trying to be released again for the next week i'll do the same process i'll just sit in that that bath and um yeah you could do whatever you want this you could just i don't know lay back you could have a pillow maybe if you wanted i don't know just chill um some people sleep in the bath. That's kind of scary, so I don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like I don't trust myself. Um, so yeah, use chill in the bath. Um, depending, I think I said it kind of a little bit last time. Depending on how fat you are, it actually really is a factor. Right. Um. So yeah, I'm not that fat right now, so I can only go about thirty minutes tops before I start getting a little anxious at that temperature. Um, and I think it mainly be, it's because when you got that water level up here, your heart um, is also detoxing and it's pumping really fast. 
that's a lot of people said as well. I was like, wow, okay, that makes sense. Just trying to get it out, circulate the blood, get it out. Um, and if you had, I noticed if you take your limbs out, you take your arms and your hands, I'm sorry, your arms and your legs out, feet, um, you cool down a little bit and you calm down. Um, so it's like the higher you get, the more you detox. That's how I look at it. Um, but the scent, if you, if I'm smelling like really bad for some reason, um, out of the bath, then I'll apply the lemon juice. Like that's, that's, that's still all I use. I just rely on that lemon juice to save me kind of thing. So that's the whole hot bath experience. It sounds so good. It sounds so relaxing. I want to do that. And that kind of, well, I have done it before you guys. So since I've created, excuse me, I'm hungry, you guys. I'm like snacking. Um, <laughs> Since I've created the Primal Meetup app for people in the raw meat community to gather together in a hate-free area online, um, these guys have helped me so much with, I had a really crazy detox experience like a week ago or two. And my limbs were hurting so bad. And I was like, it was like 11 at night. And I wrote you guys, I was like, you guys, my fucking feet feel like they're going to fall off. I'm like trying to go to bed right now and I can't, what do I do? And then like people recommended some stuff. And right at the same time, they started to recommend the hot baths. I was like, oh my God, duh, hot baths. That sounds so good. Here's the thing, Ben. <laughs> I don't, I'm a, maybe I don't have the water hot enough. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't used it a thermometer yet but I get the water like basically as hot as I can stand I've always taken baths like this like as hot as I can stand without like burning myself but even like almost burning myself like when you get in like my feet burn and I sweat mm. a lot but I love it I don't know I don't know if it's like I'm a woman and I have more fat percentage on my body maybe but my heart does beat fast. Sometimes it's a little bit anxiety ridden, but I really like it. Like I really enjoy it. But I've heard people say, oh my God, the lymphatic baths are fucking brutal. Mm. And when I took one of those baths, I think I put everything in salt. I had Himalayan salt. So that's just what I used. Um, ACV and raw milk. Definitely all mm -hmm. of those proportions but all of that those amounts that you just told us in your recipe but maybe a little bit more because you know when you, I was like really hurting so I'm like fuck I'm just gonna like pour a lot of this stuff <laughs> in, you know like desperate um yeah but I didn't get that bothered like I just really like it so what do you think that is do you think it's like a personal preference thing do you think like women just have more like fat percentage on their body and that's why we handle mm. it. I'm like, I'm a newbie at this stuff. You know, there's no reason why I should be comfortable in there, but I'm like very comfortable. Yeah. How long did you say you uh, lasted in the bath? Like an hour or 45 minutes. Damn. I know. That's impressive though. I love it, dude. I fucking love it. Like it feels yeah. so good to me. That's awesome um, that you could just jump right into it like that. Um, I think it's a number of factors. I think it's how toxic your body is. I think I'm actually more toxic than you are. Why um, do you think be that? Be because you said, I remember you saying you don't smell anymore. I think yeah. that, that was a big one. I was like, I still smell every once in a while. <laughs> right? 
like i don't know if it's yeah i think it's all the cooked food i've eaten like i've eaten you know, just wild herbs and things and uh stuff that could be toxic um which i'm sure you've had your share of stuff oh yeah um, and <laughs> make no mistake ben your your diet you you have such a clean diet my diet is not consistently clean like today i had a coffee um two days ago i had a instant ramen like the the 99 cent instant ramen i'm having random stuff like this not all the time mm. but like once a week once every two weeks i have a you you know you, you're in my community you know how i do with diet and stuff like that i it's i don't mm -hmm. really enjoy sticking to a narrow diet for a long period of time but like i think this is an interesting conversation because i i wouldn't say I would just be surprised if I was like less toxic that I'm literally putting mm. stuff in my body. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the coffee that I had today was probably made with tap water. You know, I just can't mm. imagine that I'm less toxic than you. I get it. Some people are coming from a place of like, like I've never had hardcore like diseases or, mm. you know, like my, I got pretty lucky with my health, but I, I do wonder about that. Like, yeah, I don't smell, but I don't know. Maybe maybe my body's holding more toxins inside of it and not getting rid of those in sweat. You know, there's like a lot True. of, you know what I'm saying? So that's that's why True. I kind of, I look at people who do the diet a lot more religiously than me as like, well, obviously they're, if, if they've been doing this diet for like a year, like you have, I would think obviously you're less toxic than me because you're just putting less toxic things in your body. I mean, you're, you're, mm. you're being so careful about that. So to me, it's like pretty obvious. So it's kind of the same vibe of like, why it's weird to me that I can handle the hot pass, but you know what? I haven't, maybe I'm taking like 90 degree baths and not a hundred degree baths. I don't know. Mm. But do you, do yeah. you, do your feet hurt when you step into the bath? Like it does it kind of burn you? Uh at first, yeah, it can burn a little bit. Um, it's not like, oh, I gotta get out. It's too hot. Um, okay. it's like just just right. Right. Yeah. Like get in there, takes me like five seconds, and then I'm like, okay, this is really nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you you definitely should um measure the temperature. Um just so you can know. Yeah. Um, I guess don't you don't have to be anal about it every time, but just so you know what that temperature feels like. Mm -hmm. Um, because if you've ever done like you've done like hot baths, I'm not hot baths, hot tubs before, mm -hmm. and they're they can get to like 101, 102. Mm -hmm. If you've ever felt that, uh, yeah, close to what a hot bath is. Okay, I think I've been doing that because it's it it any hotter I would have had to jump out. It was burning. Mm. You know, so I would imagine literally, it. yeah. But it's interesting. I'll I'll look into it. Okay. This sounds amazing. I have to take a bath after this episode. It just sounds <laughs> so good. It just sounds so like refreshing. Okay, so this is so cool. This is mind blowing to me. Before we go back to your family, because I do want to like address that and make sure we tie that up. Um, before I forget. <laughs> okay, I've tried a lot of natural hair care remedies and i've lost mm -hmm. a lot of hair over it and it terrifies me like really but this was before i was doing the diet and when i was 
I mean, speaking of toxicity, I was like way more toxic, but mm. none of them have worked. And it's given me like really bad buildup on my scalp. It's like, which could be a detox symptom, but like, I'm not losing my hair over it. You know, like I've, I would have to get really bad to be willing to lose my hair over like a detox situation. So did oh, any yeah. of that happen to you when you were switching from shampoo conditioner to just lemon? Man, I, um, I'm really fortunate. I didn't have much hair issues. Uh, um, I just, I noticed my hair got better. Nice. <laughs> awesome. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm blessed with that because I, I think, uh, I think I actually, I didn't use, and this is me outing myself right now. I didn't use much shampoo unless my hair was like really dirty, like my whole life. Yeah. I didn't use much shampoo. Um, I didn't, use, I didn't use conditioner. I, um, I was a big water in the hair guy. It just watered. But then I would use body wash and like all the products from body and everything. Cause uh, my hair just wasn't a concern, I think, most of my life. And, uh, um, yeah, unless it was, like, I'd just, like, stick my head in some mud or something. Um, that's the only time I would use shampoo or something. Uh, but, yeah, my mom would roast me on that for a while, too. She'd be like, <laughs> she'd be like bruh, I noticed, like, you don't have the new shampoo bottle for months. Like, what's going on in there? <laughs> but little did you guys know it was better again it was like you instinctually maybe you instinctually knew that like this is not doing me any favors this shampoo and conditioner yeah when when I noticed I think I had noticed at some point in my life that like these smell way too strong mm. whatever is in this bottle like I don't think I should put it on my head like <laughs> it was just like I couldn't find a reason to go get a shampoo because I was like, it just smelled like I had, I had a feeling that I wouldn't like the smell of it all day on my head. And then other people would be turned off by that as well. Yeah. That was my instinct to think like um, kind of off what you're saying is like, it would just be off putting, I think to, for the scent at least. Um, and then I didn't connect like, Oh, there's some weird chemicals in there. I didn't really like read the whole thing, but it was just the scent itself. I was like, this is so synthetic, mm -hmm. like disgusting. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like mostly why I don't use shampoo, but to kind of like um, stay on topic of what you were saying with like your hair um, and its effects um, throughout like recent events, um, I think like one, you could be detoxing through the scalp. Mm -hmm. um, some people I've heard that's that's a thing. Um, whether it's metals, could be metals coming through the hair. You know, if you've gotten vaccines, if you've gotten stuff um, that is directly in your body through, or I'm sorry, is directly like a composition of some either vaccine or some sort of medication. Could have metals in it. Could have something in it that your body for some reason is choosing, it could have been, this is what I'm trying to say, a medication also for like brain uh, or neuro neurological reasons. Um, um, let's say ADHD medicine or something, for example, like that could detox because it was stored in the brain, go through the scalp. Oh my God. 
That's so yeah. Isn't that cool? It's like it's like the area that is stored, or that it's targeted to fix, supposedly fix that medication. In that area, will come out of that area usually. Um, actually, sorry, I I have to like rant for a second because I used to have very uh sweaty hands, very sweaty hands, uh, and they called it hyperhidrosis. This is actually, yeah, the only condition I've probably had in my life, like an actual condition. Um, I still don't know what it was caused by. I used to have it as a kid. Um, so it could have been passed down genetically. Um, some weird uh, damaged gene from a family member that was had issues or something. But I, at one point, got medication. It was like this little uh, stick with a roller on the end of it. You ever seen those before? Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, like a roller stick, I guess. That was like my prescription deodorant. No, really? <laughs> yeah. And so that's actually funny. I want to come back to what you just said there. Um, but the roller stick for my hand, I would take it and I would apply it like every day uh, to my hands. And supposedly it was supposed to literally stop the sweating from the glands of my hands. Of course, I didn't know sweating's detox. Um, so we're trying to stop the, the good, good thing that's happening. Unfortunately, we're stopping all of that. Uh, <laughs> we're rolling and, um, and <laughs> yeah, we're making it worse, um, to the point where then when I get really nervous, sometimes when I was a kid, it would just like build up and, um, it would just be a huge case of sweating in the hands. Like it would be dripping off my hands, like little sweat. So I think it was just trying to get through and I wouldn't keep letting it. Um, and um, wow, I just got off a tangent. I forgot what we were talking about. Um, this like, like sweating the... meds out your scalp and stuff like that. Oh yeah. The targeted uh, medication yeah. detox. Coming, it was coming out of the hands, I think, and I wasn't even doing primal life or anything like that. Uh, and I was doing immediate detox out of the hands at that point, I feel like. Um, so whatever that was in that roller stick was really bad, um, I think, for my hands. And um, I still do have a little sweaty hands every now and then. Uh, um, I think that's lingering detox still, uh, like getting either completely the medication or just like years of um years of i used to play sports like lacrosse where you would wear these like gloves and you would just you would sweat so much the chemicals would come off in the gloves oh my and god I'm, right and i know all that's in my hands right now i just know it um and so the hot baths Sometimes I think my hands will actually smell from the hot baths. I think that's I think that's gloves, like hockey gloves, all that stuff. So it's like you gotta have. That's where you know you can go to the rabbit hole of materials, getting the least toxic materials for your body. I think it's just it's gonna play a part eventually. Um, maybe not the most high priority thing for your health, but um, I would look into better material stuff for sure um yeah <laughs> so crazy
I remember hearing Wes Rowe say on one of his lives that he's like, I had to, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I had to stop looking into like textile toxicity because I was like getting so obsessed with, oh, what's on my couch? What's on my, like, and he's like, I can only wear so many black hoodies, you know, like that (laughs) that were like organic cotton that probably aren't like crazy in price. And as a woman, I've been looking into that for like 10 years now, because I don't know, I used to work in health food stores in college. So I was like partying, drinking, eating fast food, but then also like, oh, I should look up like organic cotton clothes and stuff like that. So I had this duality. Um, But yeah, it is, it's such a rabbit hole. And I wanted to say about this scalp detox, I used to, I was never prescribed to Adderall, but I was a druggie. So I used to take Mm. Adderall that wasn't prescribed to me, but definitely could have been coming out my brain. Also probably some cocaine etc so that's interesting man now i really want to look into that like no oh man i want to put out a call for anyone who has gone through a journey of like uh detoxing hair products because (laughs) i would really like to do that but i don't want to lose my hair at least you guys can shave your head or something i don't really want to shave my head (laughs) it's like not as big of a deal if you have temporary hair loss you know yeah, low key. It's like you could be a monk for a little bit. Yeah. Kind of thing. So. You guys look good with shaved heads, but I guess it's still a thing. Like if you lost your hair temporarily, you'd be upset about it too. Yeah, I think um, I've always had like a, a connection to my hair. Kind of like, I, for some reason, if it like makes my personality, I don't know how, mm. but it just does. Like it's because I never gel it or anything. I just let it do what it wants. Yeah, you and do. It's kind of like a. Yeah, it's like kind of a fun thing to do to express, I guess. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's not exclusive to sex, that's for sure. Um, okay. So, I was gonna go ahead. One one last thing, because I didn't want to leave you in the dark on like your hair um, concerns, as far as like how to ha- fix it, like help the yeah. detox go along. Uh, there's a lot of a uh, good primal diet advice. Um, or just, you don't even have to be on the primal diet, just advice in general, like really cleansing natural hair remedies. You can do like, I don't know if you've heard of like, you can do an egg wash kind of thing with cold water. Um, it kind of the yolk and everything feeds uh, into the, the the pores and everything and will transport nutrients that way. I think maybe like make the hair stronger or like, I think also a mixture of like coconut oil, um, coconut oil, possibly milk, maybe, I don't know um i've heard people try all these things and some work for some people some don't yeah so you just you can just ask around the community i'm going to i'm gonna put out a call because i'm really nervous ben i'm just i just had a lot of hair actually since starting the primal diet i've had a lot of hair growth like i've had just weird Mm -hmm. stuff i think that's one of the things that happens to me like when i had an eating disorder and just certain times in my life i've had like a lot of random hair loss it's like a thing that you know, I can, just like you're saying, which I wanted to make note of this too. You're like, yeah, there's just like a detox pathway through my hands. Just like I had a detox pathway through my scalp. And like, for me, it was like, my underarms were sweating a lot. So like, that was my thing. But for you, it was like, your hands were sweating. It's like, 
hair loss is definitely one of my things. Like when my health gets off, that happens and it's fucking scary to me. So if anyone has any thoughts, I've heard about eggs a lot. So maybe I'll try eggs, but ugh, it's, it can get scary with stuff like this. Like I feel bad for people too, that have like detox pathways of like really bad acne or like cystic acne. Like that sucks. It makes mm. me hesitant to, cause you're like, at what cost? At what cost? It's just. Yeah. To kind of like have a, to have a social confidence yeah fuck that's so hard yeah i i think um i'm not all for um 100 detox extreme you know <laughs> like like let it happen i don't i'm not for that i'm for gradual detox um most times because i think you can do small detoxes in different areas like you don't have to full body detox um strict diet everything like i'm i'm not for that uh, because i think it's stressful um to the body so but there's there's the case of people that are extremely fat supposedly they can handle all those detoxes um through the fat that they're carrying when they lose the weight it just drops with the fat all the uh toxins theoretically i haven't really seen a a real life case of it but i'm i'm sure it happened uh, with Ajinus's clients and things um but yeah in general i would just take detox slow like you can you can cut back detox by eating like more starches and stuff that kind of like yeah you know in, in a way it's like you're 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 slowing the detox because some carbs your body like has to handle those carbs first before enabling like detox um so it slows it a little bit uh, is what I've been reading. So that's like really helps when I had like a bad detox. Um, this is the last thing I'm going to stop rambling after this, <laughs> but I had a bad detox. Um, I think I said in one of my reports, it was like a week long straight of um, going to the toilet basically. And um, I like stopped diarrhea. it by eating. Yeah. Like diarrhea, like, whatever else was coming out i don't know <laughs> i know that life <laughs> i know that life. yeah yeah and I'm, I'm glad i people can relate um i i started eating like a little bit of cooked starch and a little bit of cooked chicken it was like an immediate stopping of the detox because it, it deals with a little bit of toxins from cooking and you can slow it it's like a little life hack so that's just my, my uh tip from my experience so if that helps anyone yeah it's yeah. good to know it's good to know I like that and I like that you can kind of push and pull and it gives you control over what's happening which is cool some some sort of control I like that. yeah that is cool um that, yeah that was my last note on that topic <laughs> okay so with your parents did we cover everything there I wanted to touch on the fact that you're trying to change <laughs> other people's minds with this diet I think that's interesting because Mm -hmm. I don't try to do that at all. Mm -hmm. However, there's a girl now in Grand Rapids, one of my friends who's eating raw bone marrow every day. And we just had someone in the primal meetup start eating raw meat today for the first time. Mm. So personally, I believe that if I just, if, if I do kind of the opposite of try to convince people, if I say like, don't (laughs) like I don't discourage people from doing it I'm like you should if you want but 
there's nothing in me that like wants to make other people do it. I think that mm. they should have their life path and it's not my business. That's kind of my approach to it. And that's always been my approach kind of with everything, everything I've experimented in life, spirituality, meditation, therapy. I like, I don't try to get everyone to do what I want to do. I just do it and like say, oh, if you want to do it, then you should too. But I don't, I don't even bring that up. And I do find that people kind of um, follow what I'm doing without me even saying, saying anything. And I think that's interesting. But you have a different approach where you have like a, because we've talked about this in the DMs, I think. You, you kind of have like a strategy. You have like a, you have like a, a thesis that you want to communicate to your loved ones. Would you say that's true? Yes, it is a, <laughs> um, it is a controlled experiment. <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's very, um, it's a very open-minded experience experiment because I'm not giving anyone a deadline to try anything. I'm just like, Hey, this variable let's say raw meat <laughs> will make some sort of impact maybe bad maybe good but i think you need to try it because no one else is trying it and i'm trying it and i'm alive so you should at least try it that's kind of like where i go it's kind of like and I used to be like things with like drugs and stuff. I know this is kind of a bad example uh, comparison, but like drugs, I would never try anything when I was a kid, uh, high school and everything. But when my friends keep saying the motto, like you never know until you try it, you never know until you try it. And I'm like, what? That's so dumb. But <laughs> like now it's like with stuff that's like food and like, uh, or grounding and like all these like, uh, natural healing practices yeah. it's stuff like why not try it it's just like it may change your life and I if I can help you change your life like that's pretty sick mm -hmm. um, so yeah I, I would say it's kind of like a an experiment for us all I'm kind of throwing people into my experiment which is you know it's not like I'm forcing you to do anything but if you want to be a part of my experiment journey, like the more the merrier kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I encourage it. Um, but with you, I respect your aspect as well, because it's almost like you, you're just spectating, but you're there, you're there for guidance. If you, if people want to ask you something, I feel like, which mm -hmm. I love that as well. Um, you're not, you know, you'll talk to a friend about it, like at any time. Um, but I guess you don't really push it as much as other people. Mm -mm. I don't push it at all. I don't push it at all. Mm. For anyone, ever. Um, the most that I'll say, like, I'm kind of starting to do it a little bit. Like, you know, when people have issues, well, I, mm, how do I want to say this? Like, well, the topic that came up in my stories, we've been talking a lot about sex as usual, as per usual in my stories. And, people were talking about their, women were talking about their male partners not 
being able to like perform sexually. And I was like, well, you guys, it's another reason, you know, the men out there who deal with that, it's another reason to eat raw meat and, and stop watching porn. Cause I know so many guys who have had their lives changed from that just total, like, even if they're not trying to change their hormones, their hormones just totally flip. And, um, now we're getting into the hormone topic, but, uh, I br- I br- I'm bringing that up because I'm kind of starting to hint at it because I'm starting, Ben, to see so much evidence with this stuff. If I hear that people are having an issue and I know that the raw meat, like 10 out of 10 people, I know that eat raw meat have eradicated this this issue, said issue, mm-hmm. then I'll start to say like, if you ever are interested, I 10 out of 10 people I know have had this issue eradicated after eating raw meat or whatever, you know, if I start to see the evidence, but I, I make a point to not pressure people unless it really comes up because I see personally that with how I am, if I try to force people, they'll retreat. And I think it's because when people try to force me to do anything and I'm like, just cause you said that I should try this. I will not try it because I just feel forced and I don't want to follow what you say to me. So I, I'll do the opposite. <laughs> but there's all different types of people on this earth. So what I'm getting at is I think we need some people like you who have a strategy and who who kind of like want to work on people and and get them to a place where they're open to trying your shit. And then we also need people like me who's not going to force people for the people who want to just rebel against like them being told something, you know, I think we, we need all sorts of strategies out there. Yeah. I, I think we're all put in this world for different reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All different. So that's, roles. that's yeah. That's awesome. Like we can all have different impacts. Yeah. So, um, so do you have closing words about your relationship to communicating all of this to your family? Um, I would say we're getting closer to something really good. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Are you going to do updates on your page about it? I think, I think so. I think if, I think if you think people would really want to hear that, it would be more of encouragement. Oh yeah. I, we talked about this before we started recording, but I'll say this for our audience members. Um, I know so many of you guys think about this and talk about this because you've told me in the DMs you're nervous to tell your family or your family has a horrible reaction to it. Like, I think it's to me, it's so relatable, Ben, you know, and you're really taking Mm. it on. I just I'm like, fuck, fuck everybody else who cares. But you because you're making a point to kind of work on your family members to kind of get them into what you're doing. I think it'll be really inspiring for people. Nice. Okay. Cause, um, yeah, they're, my family's all on different health journeys. Like some are really heavy on supplements, vitamins, um, and some are like caffeine addicts kind of thing. Um, in, in a PG term, like coffee, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's kind of like interesting to see, cause I actually, I don't do any caffeine. I don't do really any additives or or uppers or downers or anything um exception alcohol still still drink some alcohol you do Uh, i didn't uh, know that yeah yeah we can get in that get into that if you want um after the next topics but 
Yeah, I, I do think it's an interesting topic to talk about certain reasons why some of us still drink alcohol. Um, and it, I would say just for in summary for now, it's it's for social reasons. Mm -hmm. um, but we can get into that later. That's a whole other rabbit hole. <laughs> Writing a note right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one that one's a really interesting one. People probably wouldn't expect from a, uh, someone in the primal community. So yeah. Okay, but all right. So so, it there's so many things. There's so many topics, Ben. It's eight sixteen. Well, like we're gonna be here all night. <laughs> I just keep talking. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what it is about our conversations, but it doesn't tire me out. And I just want to keep going with the topics. There's just a lot, there's a lot here to talk about. And I think part of it has to do with how much you're tracking yourself. Like you've gathered so much information. You, you know yourself mm -hmm. really well at this point. Yeah. It's, it's been fun to really like self-reflect of the last couple months. Cause I, you can gather so much data that way. Yeah. Like just keep, if you just write things down, like you'll be amazed at how much your body changes mm. <laughs> over a short period of time. So yeah, I, I guess uh, the topics that you were really thinking about, like cranking out next, we could just, I guess, try to go through those that we were talking about earlier. Okay. So there's nothing else you want to communicate around your family. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing um, new other than what I've said. It's kind of just like, in progress with getting them to try things right stuff, so. right okay 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 so all right well let's just get into the alcohol thing I have notes for the other topics but while it's fresh um that really surprises me and here's what I'm thinking Ben so like I've had a journey Ugh, sorry you guys I'm doing it again but for whatever reason with our dynamic like I want to talk to Ben in conversation so I I'm tending I'm noticing myself bringing up everything you say, Ben, I kind of respond with my own experience, but there's just <laughs> something in me while that makes me not a great interviewer with these episodes. There's something in me that knows that it's helpful for people to hear your experience as a man and my experience as a woman and how that intersects mm. and how that is different. So like, I like okay, I'm glad that it doesn't bother you at least. And sorry, yeah. listeners, we're just, we're just going with the flow here. Um, so I don't drink anymore, really, unless I go to a really nice dinner and it's like a tasting five-star menu and there's like wine pairings. I'll have like a sip here and there, but I don't really drink anymore. But I do, I do like my coffee once, like one every month or twice a month or something. So um, I would love to hear your experience with alcohol and all of that. And also I'm wondering, I want to get into the topic for a minute of like, do you think we all have our vices? Like everyone who's doing this diet or really, again, every time I say raw primal diet, it's like insert any, you know, really healthy diet that works for your body, right? But like, I'm wondering if the people who are doing the primal diet, who also have a social life, who are also relatable, who aren't like super, super crazy dogmatic. I'm wondering if everyone has like a thing that they like to do, whether it's like, going out to dinner and eating a steak that's been cooked or having a drink with friends. Or for me, it's like, I, I love upper, like I said, I used to take Adderall. <laughs> I, I love like um, giving myself a boost of energy if I'm like super tired, but I do want to be social. That's like my version of 
alcohol because I can like hang with everyone. Or if I have friends who mm. like, I really love them, but like we can't get on this type of deep level in conversation. Coffee just makes everything <laughs> kind of just okay. It just makes me talkative and more interested. Anyway, so that those are the two things I want to hear from you. One, your journey with alcohol, an explanation of that. And two, if you think that like, if, if you're re still relating to society, there are going to be things that you kind of go outside the diet for. Yeah. Yeah. That's a loaded uh, question. <laughs> I know. Um, man, I haven't, <laughs> when I talk about alcohol like this, like it makes me think I'm a, like an addict, but <laughs> it's kind of like alcohol. I've always, um, ever since like, you know, like the, the edgy late high school years, like that's when like, people get introduced usually into alcohol. Some people even earlier uh, than high school, but um, I've always thought it was like so exciting, you know, thrilling to, to be uh, under a little bit of influence, like just giggly and all of that kind of stuff um, with alcohol. So yeah, I've always like had a, I've always drank drunken alcohol, um with friends it's never been by myself I never I just don't feel the need to drink by myself it's always been uh since high school through college it's always been a social thing mm -hmm. and so I think that's how it is for most people but you know there's some people that they like the taste or they just like being drunk that's just how it is I guess um maybe there's another reason I don't know but um either way in my case, um, alcohol to me is, every time I think of alcohol, I always think of the Vikings. And the reason I think of the Vikings is because they were just like, just beasts of a human species. Like they could, they could take down an entire fortress or something then just like even if people died like in a battle or something they would just get together and just drink like gallons of beer and just connect with each other on like this like fun celebration level and if that concept i feel like it's like at times when you want to celebrate with people it may be an enhancer of the celebration like everyone's people that are like um, let's say, for example, like you lost a loved one in the war or something and you can't get over that like sadness, like the day of like it is kind of cheap to take a shortcut and drink and drink alcohol to like have fun for a little bit. But I feel like that's what they did. Like they were like, we overall are still alive. We're here. Let's drink to celebrate. Um, just forget everything for a, a couple of hours and have fun with each other kind of thing. And I, I don't know why I resonated with that so much, uh, but I still resonate with that today. And that's a, mostly why I still indulge in alcohol is because when I go out in these social settings, um, whether it's some uh, a concert, dance club, whatever it is, um, I don't really go to clubs anymore. I just, I don't get the appeal of those anymore. They're just icky to me. Um, but I love concerts and things like with music. Mm -hmm. um, 
in open settings and things um, or a house party or something like that. If the entire group is drinking, I will drink. Um, but the caveat is I know it's not optimal for my health. I know that in the back of my mind. And this is why a lot of people will think I'm crazy. Like, aren't you trying to achieve optimal health, but you're drinking alcohol? And so this is something I've been battling like with myself, like from, yeah, this whole year, maybe even a little more is like, can I just cut out alcohol? And what are the effects of doing that? Uh, as my last, as you say, vice, that's my last vice. The only thing left that I don't, uh, um, or the only thing left that I have that gives me a different state of mind than I am naturally right now. And um, I love the idea of completely being self. Uh, what's the word? I guess you could say sober. I love the idea of being sober um, and operating off of your natural hormones and everything's in harmony which is awesome. But there's still that urge for me to get a little alcohol in my system because it gets everyone a little goofier than they usually are. And I do love that aspect still. So I think like a little bit every now and then is still not bad for social reasons. I don't agree that it's good for your health um, whatsoever. I don't, I don't even think like, you know how the Russians, they drink a lot of vodka. They think it like cleans them out or whatever. I think you're robbing um, you're robbing your organs of like nutrients because it has to handle the alcohol first and everything. So it's like digestion, everything can get screwed up. Um, so I don't know what the Russians are talking about there. What do you think about the fact that it's fermentation though? Like, do you think, for example, making wild beer from like bark, <laughs> it's not just bark, you need like yeast obviously too, but <laughs> yeah. What do you think about the fermentation aspect of alcohol? That's an interesting uh, realm of alcohol, like wine and uh, all like uh, mead and all of that stuff. That stuff is that's I accept that the most out of most alcohol as being like acceptable. Yeah. Um, or you're going to be better off kind of like as a side effect, I guess, from drinking those, because in a way they're already broken down when they're fermented because uh, I guess that's what ferment fermentation means. It's already broken down. Um, so it's less um, toxins for your body to go through in a way like wine is like, I guess in a way wine, the sugar is already breaking down, broken down from the grapes. So you don't have to process all that sugar. That's one side of the equation, but the alcohol part with the literal like ethanol, that's where I still don't know um how that affects your body for good or worse um it's that ethanol part that like chemistry uh, part of alcohol i'm just like i don't know if that cleans anything in the body or or if it's altered in the fermentation process i'd have to look into that i'm not I'm not the expert on that one um but i do know fermentation you know it's going to digest everything easier with that alcohol um, drink the alcohol drink, I guess. Okay. Um, 
And the fact that, look, I don't drink, so it's not like I'm trying to convince anyone anything, right? But (laughs) the fact that alcohol is a natural byproduct of fermentation with, now I'm getting into detail where I don't really know that much about it. Because like, is there alcohol in cheese? Uh, That doesn't sound right. But like, there's alcohol in my kefir, and there's alcohol in Mm. and there's alcohol in spontaneous fermentation and i know that there are some people in the raw primal community spontaneously fermenting juices Mm. alcohol is a natural byproduct of that so how do you think what what's your what's your outlook towards that part yeah no i'm really glad you brought that up because i forgot that it is a byproduct of all fermentation um like you're saying um as far as i've understood the alcohol coming from byproducts is extremely low levels, like very low levels um, compared to drinking uh, alcohol drink straight up. So I think there's actually, there could be a benefit to a, like a microdose amount of alcohol from that fermentation. Um, there could be some sort of, most of the time I'm, I'm thinking it's a um, kind of like a, a, a brain frog, brain fog clearing kind of effect you would get from a little bit like a microdose of alcohol um combined with that really good bacteria that's formed in there it's like the bacteria could be the the booster of the yeah the, uh, the mood or it could be the little alcohol i just i don't know exactly um but i do know foods high in bacteria they do come with high fermentation so it could be a balance between a little bit of alcohol and, and the bacteria um, but we do know higher bacteria environments do make our um, nervous system and stuff thrive um, better. So it, it might go hand in hand. Yeah, that would be really interesting to study, like the whole alcohol um, benefit, you know. I don't know. Right yeah. now, at least. Right now what? Right now, I, I, I would have to figure out a way to self-experiment with that um on a safe level <laughs> i don't know i don't know how to experiment with alcohol really um that might be some chemistry but we'll see what do you usually drink when you drink um i will usually drink i'm a wine person i usually <laughs> yeah. drink wine <laughs> i would just never guess i just wouldn't i wouldn't have guessed i love learning right? about you interesting <laughs> Yeah, I I used to be like like a normie like light beer drinker, but I was like, this stuff is nasty, man. It's fucking like, gross. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, um, and I don't know how people acquire tastes to even drink like IPAs, like the heavy beers either. I don't, I don't have any pleasurable taste from those things. Um, so it's really, are you trying to get drunk, or do you like the taste? I like the taste when I can get something tasty. Like sometimes I'll drink like a, um, since I have a, a sweet tooth for fruit, a lot of the times I'll get like a, like a Mai Tai or something with like pineapple or something. Shut uh, the fuck up. That's yeah. amazing. Right. I'm just like, yeah, I, I like to be extravagant when I can with alcohol. So there is that. But yeah, I, I I don't want to stress myself out when I drink alcohol. It's kind of like I do it once in a blue moon and then I just give it a break. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, which that may have been how you were with uh certain drugs. You were just like every now and then when it was fun, maybe. I don't know. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it was just a lot of drugs. But yeah, in a way. No, I was I was unhealthy with drugs, but I never had to go to rehab. Um, and I was really bad with alcohol. I was like I was like alcoholic. I was like functioning alcoholic style, like drinking six nights a week, that kind of thing. So that's oh, yeah. probably why, like, you know, I kind of choose not to now, but I, I could have some. Anyway, um, shoot, what was I going to ask you about the alcohol? Oh, do you think that joy has any impact on your health in a positive way when you're doing this? Like, do you think that, cause you, you said a little earlier, I can't find, or I can't remember what your words were, but something like, I can't see how alcohol, drinking alcohol would be like a positive, I would have a positive effect on my health. But what about the joy that comes from being in camaraderie and doing what you do as you say it, like celebrating? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, because I know alcohol has been shown to kill brain cells, literally. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's such an oxymoron, you know? It's like, how am I happy from killing my brain cells? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> um, but I think it's like, um, I, have, I have to look at it the bigger picture because you have those little slivers of a kind of peak enjoyment. Like you're like, we are all like laughing about some dumb or something and we're all connecting in this manner. And I think in that aspect, the positive is you build maybe a deeper relationship with people uh, that you wouldn't on a serious level, like on your day-to-day -day serious level, because mm -hmm. some people just don't want to access that funny side until they drink or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, um, so that actually could be a benefit because it's, it's unlocking parts of your, your brain that you're just not showing your, your emotion. You're not showing on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe once you do that a couple of times and your friends start telling you stories about like, yo, you were acting like this last night. You never act like that ever. And so <laughs> some people take that as a negative. They're like, oh, I don't, I don't ever want to act like not myself kind of thing. But sometimes it's for the better. It's like, I didn't realize I had that, that side of me that, that can connect with these kind of people um, through alcohol. So maybe it's more so it's not about the uh, the direct health, nutritional um, negative effects of it um, that I, we should focus on. It's more so does it help you emotionally open up to people? That could be the benefit. The, the main benefit I could even think of is just emotionally, socially opening up to people like you never would in your entire life. Um, that's the only benefit I can think of is be because 
physically I keep thinking, oh, it's damaging me. It's damaging me. But emotionally, like, I have had times where I haven't ever opened up to people because I was afraid to. But when I had alcohol, I, it was just like nothing. Like, I just did it immediately. So that that is a benefit, I will say, for sure. It's a fascinating topic. I love this topic because I'm like, I've been experimenting with this in my life. Um, the effects that joy has on our health and like the hormones too that come from that, which alcohol, that kind of gets muddy. But like, if I really am enjoying a beautiful meal with loved ones, but it's a cooked meal, or maybe it's even like delivery mm. pizza, which I don't really even eat that much, but let's say Sometimes I feel that's healthier. And I've talked to people in the primal community, like on the meetup app. And they're like, dude, I had a meal with loved ones, you know, the other day. And we ate foods that would normally make me react. I had no bad reaction because I wasn't freaking out about how bad it was for my health. I was just really enjoying the experience with loved ones. And I think it's something that is hopefully going to get, um, hopefully going to start getting addressed more in the primal community. The negative effects on our health when we are so isolated because of the fucking diet, you know, but mm. it's hard to argue like you eat raw meat and you feel amazing. So <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's hard to argue that. What are your, what are your initial thoughts on these words that I'm saying? They are some heavy words. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of people would shoot you for saying that. Um, but I won't. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like I like that stance. Um, because yes, like some families can only connect when they're all eating the same thing. It's kind of like it could be either we we made this meal together, kind of connection vibe. Like we did some teamwork and we built this meal together. That's like first half of the equation. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then you're actually enjoying it and talking over it. Um, you know, what you liked about the meal, what you didn't like about the meal, or it doesn't even have to be about the meal. Um, it's just like the fact that you're, you've bonded over the, the same um, kind of, break bread kind of vibe like you're breaking bread with each other like that is that's a that's an almost unexplainable bond connection because i i have felt that like in my life a lot of times um when i haven't seen my family for a while i'm like damn you guys are my family like <laughs> like it's like i'm glad like i have y'all still um and so yeah i think people need to feel that way more um and like that's why I don't like strict diets. It's because you will never feel that ever again, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, and unless you get your family to do what you're doing. <laughs> so it's kind of like that's kind of binary in that topic. Like you gotta you gotta reason with your with yourself and your family to be like, hey, how can we relate on the same level how can we get on the same level um as far as the same foods that we're eating and and kind of feel like we're in unison 
feel like nobody's an outcast kind of thing. Um, I think everyone needs to experience that at least. And if you don't like that, that camaraderie, um, then do you, yeah, just, I don't, I don't know, eat, eat in your room or something. Like if you really want to be strict, <laughs> there's people, I think there's people like that. They just, they want to, because you know how there's times where like, you just want to have a meal by yourself. There is that, you know, you kind of just want to sit with yourself and your thoughts and you're like, how am I feeling? Instead of having to think of thoughts to talk to people all the time, like, Hey, 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 Hey. But most of the time, I think people want that, that, um, that feeling that they're connected to somebody else um, and they can share their experience over the same meal um, that everyone's a part of. So that's definitely important, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I see it as a huge problem in the primal community and kind of going back to what we were saying before on the first episode, like I think some, a lot of, I would say 50% of the people in the raw primal community are like violently lonely. And I'm using that phrase because <laughs> I think they're lashing out so much at it. Like to me, it's just, if, if I see other people hating or being really aggressive in this community, I know right away that they're lonely people because of how they're treating mm. others. You know, they're, tr they're pushing others away. They're angry. People like that don't have like a ton of friends. I don't know anyone who is healthy, who has a ton of friends, who has a lot of community who treats people like that. I know that when people are when people are having serial killer vibes, which let's be on, well, I'm going to be honest, or as in, in my opinion, like 30% of the primal community serial killer vibes. Like, sorry guys, but it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to be like really... Uh, like just socially weird vibes um yeah kind of like it's kind of like standoffish yeah. a little bit yeah 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 i know what you mean there's a lot of that there is and would well what do you think ben personally i think there is no way that people who act like that are not lonely. Of course, like in my view, I'm like, of course you're lonely. Like the people I know in my life who have the most community are so gentle socially. They're not like pushing people away. They, they're, I just, I think it's, it's, it's a very childish, like hating on other people's stuff. It's a very childish vibe. And that's what children do when they like want attention, right? They act out. So if people are threatening other people online, they're acting out like, like, like children. But what's your approach to it, Ben? Cause you, you've been in a way more of these forums and groups way more than I have. Yeah, there's, um, I will say there's a, there's a couple factors to them acting out like that. There is that one. I think they're desperately looking for something or someone to give them attention. Um, and so they're going to be lashing out at people or crying out for help kind of thing through their words. Um, there's that. And I've noticed that in yeah many telegrams, it's like, I'm going to say something it's like, I'm going to say something that's just not, not, I don't know how to say it. It's almost like, it's not meaningful. It's almost like it, it, it's something they're just 
off the whim, they just wanted to like say something that someone would react to um, most of the time in a bad way. Um, just so they can get a reply or something. It's like, it's, yeah, it's just so it, it doesn't help anyone, but they they're probably in that cycle of I need constant attention. I need constant this, that, this. Um, so that's definitely happening. Um, I also think it it links back to um, some physical factors as far as you could be having a, an adrenaline, like hormone production issue. Mm. Brain could just be wacky. Um, like they could have some serious either detox issue right now. Um, so they're very aggressive, on edge, irritated. Um, or they've had some some trauma and they're getting through the trauma. Um, I kind of, I like to see it through those many lenses as possible. So I don't kind of like try to put them in their place when it's like not the right accusation against them. Um, that doesn't always get handled that way. I noticed in those groups, <laughs> it can be very uh, combative, very uh, violent, as you say. So I just wouldn't, I wouldn't join those groups um, if anyone suggested you to do it before. I guess you won't find out until you get in there, but you'll find out pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, it took me, was it you that shared with me that tell the main Telegram group? I can't remember uh, who it was. I don't think so. I don't think it was me. Okay. Um, yeah, I was in there for a second and I saw a death threat and I was like, bye. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> I'm not in here. Ugh. Anyway, okay, we've talked enough about that. I just, on my end, I, I get really passionate about it because here's the thing. One more, God, it's like, I'm just- One more. I find it to be the biggest problem in this community because I think it turns people off from finding community with this diet. Oh, can we talk about what you're eating so everyone can see? Oh, um, so I have- it looks like a marshmallow, but it's not. <laughs> it is beef fat trimmings. Um, and so this is pure fat right here. Um, this is what is trimmed off at your butcher or your farm or whatever. It is trimmed um, from the muscle meat usually or organs. And it's fat that's just hanging off of the, the muscle or the organs. And it's like gold basically that gets thrown away sometimes it's also really cheap at butchers it's like two dollars a pound which is crazy um so yeah it's just like it's it's basically all it's close to bone marrow actually but it's a little more like chewy dude like, i didn't know it was so cheap i'm gonna get some well you've never gotten it no no i'm i'm spending like uh like if I were to get the kind of steaks I want with that yellow fat strap, it would be like $20 a steak, like super expensive. Oh. That's when I can have that kind of fat. So I didn't mm. even think about just getting the fat because I almost care less about the muscle meat. I'm like, just give me the fat. It makes me feel <laughs> so good and it tastes amazing. Yeah, my favorite combo uh, life hack is to get, if you want to last about a week and a half of um 
food, I would get three pounds of chuck roast meat because it's usually got a little fat in there, but not like super fatty. So it's not really expensive. So mostly lean is the chuck and then get like at least two pounds of fat trimmings. And you can just like, you can just medley them together in a meal. And it's so nice because you control how much fat you want, control how much protein you want kind of thing. I'm going to do that. That's so smart. Oh my God. This is why we have these podcasts. Like <laughs> the reason why there's a lot more very profound reasons, but oh my God. Didn't even think about that. Okay. Amazing. Um, and I'm okay. I'm done with the hater conversation, but I do think it's an important <laughs> topic. I forgot what I was going to say. So I guess it wasn't that important. Um, Ben, let's talk about the hormone thing. Tell us about what has happened the trajectory roller coaster of how your hormones have transformed since starting to eat the diet. Yes, a very not safe for work topic. <laughs> um, okay, so to to uh, preface. I don't think I've ever understood what hormones really was in my life until the primal um, experience. And uh, let's, let's start with the first couple months of the primal diet. Um, so I was a normal functioning human being. I think at that time I, I had what I thought was normal hormone production. And um, I had, they have the fancy term, it's called libido, I think. Yeah, so the drive. Um, sex let's drive. Let's say, yeah, 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 okay, sex drive. So my libido, my libido at the beginning of Primal was not fluctuating at all. It was just stagnant. It was the same uh, for months. Like I didn't get an extreme urge to uh, do some do some activities uh, such as masturbation, anything like that. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't get like crazy horny or anything like that uh, at, at random times. And I thought I would, you know, as soon as I was eating raw stuff like that. I was oh, like, Oh, you were expecting that. I was expecting to become an animal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, this just seems so like, like just, I don't know, barbaric, like primal wild. Um, and so I went like back and forth, like logging how I'd felt with my hormones. Cause I was like, I, I was hearing, you know, like Ajinus, for example, like he used to have, I don't know, like, <laughs> sex nine times a day or something yes frank told me about that and i keep bringing it up in the primal groups and no one's answering me because no i think people are not like fully comfortable talking about sex yet but what's the deal with that have you looked into that so yeah i did a, a little bit of additional reading because i was curious <laughs> um and i just i think he got to the point where um he was so fluid in his um bloodstream with with no 
Google, like almost like no toxicity in his bloodstream. He had, he had thought at one point because his hormone production, um, it wasn't being, in his words, toxins can deplete hormones. Hormones can get stored in toxins and then you can't, you can't regulate hormones as well. Um, and so he thinks his toxicity levels went down. Hormone production was let loose. It just went um, free again from the toxins. And he would say like, if he had a, a, a meal with some proper fat or something that was like um, really nutrient dense um, and fast digesting, whether it was like eggs, fats, uh, like butter or uh, fat trim or something, he would just get like so horny that he would have to um, relieve himself or, or he would have to like do it with his partner or something um, because it was like either hormones were trying to get out through the actual uh, like ejaculation pathways um, or he still had leftover toxins like I've uh, read before like hormones that are binded to toxins will want to get out some way. So they may try to go through the ejaculation pathways um, most of the time. So he could be trying to get out a lot of toxins, he said, or it was also because he was digesting really well um, all of his foods like immediately and the hormone production would just spike. It would just go right up. Um, and I can kind of relate to this now a little bit, actually. Um, so I kind of wanted to like reflect it back on myself a little bit. So I, after the three months of just stagnant, like no hormone production, and I was like, okay, this is weird. Um, I think it was the second, it was either the second report I did on my page or either the third. Um, but no, actually it was the most recent one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the most recent one I brought up, um, hormones for the first time. And um, I had to bring it up because it was, there was some things going on that were so noticeable that I could not stop thinking about them. And that was that I had digestion problems probably the, through the, sec, the second and third, like six to nine months of the primal. And I think the digestion problems, they were affecting my my brain to gut connection like i felt slow i felt sluggish and everything so i don't think i was i was able to produce any hormones because my digestion was just not assimilating the the fats and the proteins all the good raw nutrients and so after the third report i started eating like digestive supports like pineapple in papaya like the diet says um those help and aid digestion so i was just crushing pineapple and papaya and stuff um i was eating uh raw liver for the first time um it took me a while to get some good stuff but i got some good stuff so i eating liver and then i noticed my digestion um in general was getting better i was just not feeling like groggy after like a big meal or something like it was just going straight through me uh as far as um feeling energetic after a meal mm. i felt the energy just rushed to my head mm -hmm. and at this point this is when it gets interesting um almost 
almost about three to four bites into a meal with some uh especially raw fat trim this is why i recommend fat trim uh, in a second i'm going to tell you i had the fat trim and i had some uh raw beef um the first time i noticed these changes within three bites of the fat trim i got an erection wow right and I got an erection, I think, because my dige my digestion got better. And when the food went through me, I felt a rush of blood everywhere. Mm. Like blood was flowing. And so the blood went down there, um, as you could tell. Um, so the blood rushed everywhere. And it felt like... <laughs> It felt like, um, it's hard to explain actually, because when I, I think it was from the fat mainly, because when I eat a couple of pieces of the beef fat trim, I felt, um, I felt like my nerves were, were heightened. Like my nerves were like energetic or something like, or soothed and energetic at the same time. Really oh weird. God. Yes, I I've never heard it described like that, but I know exactly what you're talking about, I feel like. Really? Yeah. Okay, so that's cool. Um yeah, I thought it was a weirdo for a second. Um so it's like at this point, I continue to eat like a meal that I'm having. Um and I keep getting hornier and hornier as I'm eating this meal <laughs> and I can't control it. I, I just can't control it. Um, and, and I'm just like, okay, like something different is happening that hasn't happened to me for the last nine months. Wow. And I'm like, and I'm like, this is like, it's almost like I was breaking through to a new level. I was like, okay, I'm at some level right now, which I've never felt before. And I've, I've felt like, you know, energy and 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 clear-headedness through the last couple months but it was nothing like this kind of hormone production specifically that i was this horny at one point in time um so it was strictly just the hormones that was what elevated me um and man like over the next <laughs> the next couple of weeks like i um I did a lot of semen release. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, did, I did a lot of semen release. Um, and I think it was just one, I think I talked to you a little bit about it in like one of your stories. You had like a poll or something. Yeah. Like, why do we release kind of thing? And I was like, I think it's right now, it's because I have some toxins, some toxic binded hormones that are trying to get out. And I think they're they're finally being produced enough where they can get out of my body the hormones are being produced enough and binding with those toxins sitting around and they can get out get those toxic um adrenaline or toxic hormones whatever it is it's coming out of my body and it's it's doing it at a frequent rate like <laughs> i've never released that much frequently in my life before so i knew something was different so was the amount of semen more or you were just 
ejaculating more often? Uh, he was ejaculating more often. Yeah, the amount, uh, I didn't really pay attention to it. I don't think it changed. Yeah. Um, I've heard but, people say that the amount of semen increases a lot for them on this diet. Oh, really? Take okay, yeah. and report back to us. <laughs> yeah, I might have to now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was becoming more and more of a phenomenon that I could not ignore. I couldn't ignore the horniness. <laughs> like, yep, I know. <laughs> yeah, we, we handle it how we can um, in the most humane manner possible. Um, so how I was handling it was, man, like in the middle of the day, without without like a, even a meal, like when it first happened and triggered it, I was eating a meal which that was a direct uh, cause, but I think the hormone production just got better and better and better each day. And I would just get like a libido spike in the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, what's funny is I have to say, this is like an interesting comparison back in like middle school, elementary school, we used to get these things. We, we would call them names. They're called no apparent reason boners. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said that in so long. It's funny. Oh, I love that. Yeah, right. Um, and so we we would joke because, like, it would happen in the middle of the day to these kids. And my, I, myself, like, all of us would have it. And we would just joke each other on it. It was just so weird. But it was funny. Um, and so this is the same phenomenon I felt now. It's like... My hormones may have been producing really well as a kid and not for years until now. That's amazing. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So cool. I love that. I feel like very intuitively just hearing you say that I'm like, oh yeah, he's like going back to a normal, healthy hormone production that happens. Mm. Yeah. Maybe our hormones are supposed to be a little different. I actually don't even know if they're supposed to be different when we're younger as we go through puberty or if we're just supposed to still have that sex drive throughout our life. Yeah. I, I, I don't know either if it's, you know, I don't think it's how it is when we're a kid, like we want to reproduce when we're that young, but I think it's kind of like our hormone hormones aren't binded by toxins and we're just kind of, we're feeling everything normally. We're just functioning. Um, and I think that means we're growing, we're growing and blood is trying to get in air areas and all that kind of like normal function um yeah. it's just functioning normally until we put toxins in ourselves and stuff um then it's just you're not getting you're not getting blood flow like it used to <laughs> yeah right and and i like to talk about this because especially for men i don't know why it's like women i don't even i feel like i know more about men's sexual <laughs> experiences with this diet then I I know more of a man's experience than a woman's I guess just because I have more guys on this pod podcast just the number I whatever I'm not going to get into why I think that is right. but, um I feel like I, I've got been gathering so much data from you guys which is amazing why why am I saying this right now um ugh, I don't know why I said that but like 
I've just been hearing a lot from the men in this community and it's such a thing. Oh, oh, I know, I know, I know. Because men have like a very specific relationship to porn more than women in my experience. So (laughs) I feel like we're just going to keep talking and pretty soon we'll end up, we're both like in bed about to go to sleep. We're like still (laughs) fucking recording. Um, No, get, get comfy. Um, So anyway, I have come across a lot of men who have just told me about their, their, their sexual experiences, their hormone experiences, because they've seen such an evolution because they had this addiction to porn and then they broke the addiction to porn and they started doing the diet and a lot of stuff changed for them. Um, Mm. So I feel like it's, it's even more of a journey for men than women possibly because you guys, I, I don't know what your experience has been, but um, just porn is more of a thing for men than women. And I think when you're doing a lot of porn and your diet's shit, I've heard a lot of guys say like, my penis kind of doesn't even really work anymore, which is fucking mm. scary, Ben. That's so scary. They're like, I need, they're, they're our age, 20s and 30s, and they need like Viagra to have sex. That's fucking so scary. So anyway, not to fragment your story, but um, this is just a topic that needs to be talked about, I think. It's huge. It's fascinating. And a lot of people are not comfortable talking about it. So not a lot of people are talking about it. So we appreciate you for being so open about this. It makes a lot of a difference you would you wouldn't believe the amount of men that i talk to about this it's crazy a lot Mm. of people are dealing with it so so carrying on with your story um so you started feeling these like you had these like random boners throughout the day (laughs) and um thank god you work from home (laughs) right yeah right so so how did you cope? You, I guess you were already expecting it. So that helps. It's not like a surprise. Yeah. Um, so there's two ways I've been handling it. Um, one is I let my body what it wants to, I let my body do what it wants to do. And I will in the middle of the day, go let one release. I will, um, because I feel like I'm doing a, my body a service, actually. Uh, that's how I look at it, um, because I think it wants to release for either the toxins trying to get out of the body, or it's now that I have all these uh, clean nutrients in my body, my body just wants to reproduce. <laughs> that, that's what it wants to do. And I mean, I am... I feel like a lot of people can be at this at this prime level for way more years than me, like 30s, 40s. If you eat this way, I feel like maybe 50s or later. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that goes to like some wild examples of like men who are like 80s and 90s still having kids. Oh, my God. Still going at it. Yeah. And it's like that is such that is such an example of how healthy someone can be yeah. if they can still create a human at their age <laughs> that's so crazy right i think there's like examples of like if you look up in like 
dudes in like india or something like that um or like some islands like yeah they they got those people there if you're curious um <laughs> so i think it's kind of like right now since hormone production is upscaled it's my body's like first time in a while being like oh damn are we getting active again are we are we doing stuff um and i'm just letting the the body do what it wants um but it, when there's times that i just can't release and do all that fun stuff um i will usually do like a workout or something to cope um with the urges to release because i i think working out uses testosterone and hormones rather than the a lot of people will say um working out increases testosterone i think it uses testosterone um because my libido will lower as soon as i do a workout um at least from a self anecdotal perspective it does for me other people may not but it does for me so i um more than less i will let my body release when it can um but if i really can't during to, during circumstances i'll do a workout or, or just get active or do something uh take a break walk outside I don't know. You could do a lot of things, I guess, active to help. Yeah. Not sure that's ever helped me, but I'm glad that it <laughs> helps you. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. It's probably entirely different for women. It's probably entirely. I have no clue. Honestly, Ben, I don't either because I've never had a fucking girl on this podcast. We're working on it. And <laughs> you guys, someone just booked with me, so cross your fingers that they're going to come on because I have some... I have some really, really great women guests coming on, but I feel like I'm like shouting down an empty hallway. Like my sex drive is crazy, everybody. How about you? And it's like crickets. And I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? No, it's not crickets. Like I said, a lot of people are DMing me about this quite often because our community is very sexually open <laughs> um, on here on Instagram. But, uh, but uh, I don't know if it's different or not. I feel like, I feel like it's really my, the, the, the amount of sex drive that I have, it sounds like it's similar to what you guys are experiencing. Insane. I do feel like I've always had kind of a high sex drive though, which is interesting um, because mm. I wonder if that, if it is my body wanting to release toxins and we've talked about this in the community as well there have been other people men and women who have said like yeah i masturbate way more like at a really unhealthy place in my life i was masturbating a lot but it was like more unhealthy feeling now i feel like mm -hmm. and i agree with that same it was like a sad depressed <laughs> sex drive and now i feel like it's just really hell it's clear to me that like you said our bodies just want to reproduce because they're they're healthy and hormones are working as they're supposed to and we're supposed to reproduce especially at this time because like we're we're well apparently people can reproduce at all ages but like it's just a really we haven't reproduced yet and we yeah. need, want to um and it's like that time for us um okay so, so pretty much after this hormone thing started for you, 
it was like three months into the diet and it's just continued now into like a year into the diet? Um, to be exact, it was like nine months uh, since I had felt no hormone spikes. Oh. Um, yeah, in this last report that I had uh, uploaded, that month of November, I think is when it started. Um, started digesting really well overall. Um, I didn't have any like weird stools or anything anymore like I used to. Um, and I, that's actually a good topic on the same note. I had stools. Um, I found out later that they contained a lot of fat in them because I wasn't digesting the fat. Mm-hmm. And not to be too graphic, but the stools would float. And I think that's the fat in them, people were saying. Um, and so once I started digesting better, there was no floating stools, nothing like that uh, anymore. So I was like feeling like it was the digestion um, blocking my hormone production. So I was like, damn. Okay. That's but, super cool. Yeah, I was going to say, I have to say but because it's like also the toxin uh, debacle thing like toxins could be hindering your production of hormones um and how well your body can produce them um it could be damaged from toxins on your glands or or where actually i I don't even know where hormones are really produced to be honest the brain that would make sense oh god i don't know i'm pretty sure it's the brain it's like the yeah The brain stem, I think. I don't know. Let's look it up sometime after this. Yeah. I don't know, yeah, guys. That's, that's, a, that's a joint project <laughs> right there. When you said that, um, you're like, I still, I, what did you say? I, don't, I, I didn't know what hormones were for a lot of my life. I'm like, I still don't really know what they are. <laughs> like, I'm just not a researcher. <laughs> no one's told me, no podcast guest has told me yet. So I don't know it. I get all my information from people that come on here. Um, okay. So how does it feel? How does it feel to have this crazy high sex drive? Um, I would say I'm more uh inspired to find a girl now (laughs) um i feel like i for lack of better words i'm manifesting that more now (laughs) i have been on i have been on a search for yeah when i started the problem dot actually i got a little more of an edge even without the hormone production to uh to get more into the dating scene stuff um, I had more of an attraction to find uh, a girl. And um, this is when I started getting more extroverted and everything as well. Uh, it went hand in hand, which is pretty cool. So I started like talking to a lot of the community and like, yo, like do people actually want to meet up or anything and like see if we relate and stuff like that. Um, so it's not just all pure looks and attraction. It's like, like, does everyone actually like each other in person? And so I, um, like I said before, I've met people in Weston A. Price. Those are not really the people I'm looking forward to, to date <laughs> um, okay. due to the age range okay. right now. <laughs> but uh, there's actually some events I'm going to go to later on. I can tell you about later um, that are like huge events, like a lot of people. So that'll probably be a better opportunity. Yeah. 
But um, as far as the, the community I'm talking about right now, I'm, I was looking for, you know, an actual primal based like woman. I was like, that would be really cool. Um, that someone who already like understands these concept concepts already, like to talk to someone like that and, and actually have a relationship with us, like that would be wild probably. Uh, next level, I guess you could say. So I started looking around. I was like, does anyone actually live near me? And um, there is a couple people that actually live like in my county area. No way. Right? Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. What are the you chances? I feel like, I mean, I've heard of this happening. And I actually know people that they found someone in their area who also does the primal diet. It's not a big city. And they're together. It's, that's crazy to me. I'm like, I don't know anyone. I know people that are around Michigan, not in Michigan right now, but coming back to Michigan, which is cool, but not in the same town. I think that's, that's pretty <laughs> magical. Yeah. And on that note, like these people, they're, they're very, um, you know, keep to themselves, most of them. And I respect that. Uh, but when they can like get online and talk to me and stuff like they are excited also to meet other people like they're like oh yeah let's like have a primal meetup like you're saying um and i like i keep drilling the idea to these people i'm like we should have like a primal picnic vibes or something like that love that that would be so fun yeah um even if you're not 100% like none of us are strict that i know of uh in the in my area but it's just like you know stuff that you home make like cheese or whatever it is like like it'd be fun to talk over that kind of stories. Um, so totally. those ideas I keep trying to churn and like bring, bring up for people uh, is like, is anyone actually interested in meeting so we can communicate better? Um, and so I have like found a couple girls like in my area that will, they are willing to meet up. Amazing. Um, you just, I, yeah, I think you just gotta be a little assertive um, and just be like, Hey, I'm not just an online, like virtual person. Like I'm trying to like connect with y'all. Um, so now I'm just trying to like wait till it gets a little warmer outside and I have more like motivation to like set up a picnic kind of thing. Uh, and then I'll get like all the people I can in that area to kind of just uh, gather and uh, trade goods, whatever it is kind of thing. Oh, that's so cool. I love that, Ben. And I also like that you brought up the idea of being assertive. Because here's the thing. Talk to plenty of people about this in my fucking audience. And you know that I love, I mean, that's why I cre basically I created Primal Meetup for a dating app and then people were like oh what about like parenting and friendship and I was like okay we can do that too but initially I wanted it to be a dating app because I was like there's such a dating issue here um people mm -hmm. feel like they're going to be alone forever because they do this fucking diet and it's not real there's a bunch of attractive people men and women who do it so what the hell why are we not doing this so I've talked to a lot of people about this and um a lot of the data I gather is like both men and women do not want to make a move. The women are waiting for the men to make a move. And the men, the, what I keep hearing from a lot of people is like, I don't want to chase women. Like the men will say like, I don't want to chase women. And, but the women are waiting for the men to make a move. So I'm like, somebody has got to make a fucking move. 
Cause whatever, <laughs> it's not fully my business, but I think you get where I'm going, where I'm just like, if you guys want to be together, like somebody make the move. Like people are, there are so many people that are dying to be in a relationship. And I think the primal diet does that to people. Like it gets you mm-hmm. interested in starting a family and having all of this stuff. And I'm like, let's make it happen people. Um, so it's cool to me that you're willing to like be a leader and do some hunting and reach out to people because let me tell you guys, if there are more guys listening to this, women, we're interested, we're interested, we're just people with primal values also sometimes have traditional values and they're waiting for the guy to make the move. But some guys have like a thing against chasing women, which I don't think it has to be chasing. But what's your approach to that? Why do you think that's a thing with guys? Um, as in like, uh, why do you think guys are hesitant to reach out? Or, um, I think it is a, I think it's a fear of rejection. That's one thing. Um. Cause then you're going to feel like you can't go for someone a higher of a higher league or, or, or something of that status. Like you might be scarred. You'd be like, Oh, I can't get my, my, uh, my primal God tier wife or whatever, like something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like, there's one thing of attraction. It's like you both, I don't know how to say this. It's like, you have to be confident that the, the, woman will think you're attractive so then you start second guessing yourself like if they don't think i'm attractive i can't just be confident that's what we always think i think we're just like we gotta have the whole picture for them and so in a way i think that is a correct theory like if the the girl doesn't find you attractive it might be a little hard like long term to to keep her um and and keep the relationship back and forth um but it's it's kind of like sometimes i think we're putting ourselves we're putting ourselves uh esteem self-esteem too low in that aspect like we're just like we're putting what's what's the word for like setting the bar too high kind of thing um i think we're doing that way too much um and it's kind of like at least trying to figure out what the girl likes and kind of like gauge her interest is what we should do. I feel like we should gauge it a little bit, poke at it a little bit instead of kind of just be like, I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So first of all, I nodded right away when you said, if the girl doesn't find you attractive, you're kind of out of luck. But now I'm realizing I don't think that's true for women so much. Like, I have a lot of people in my audience who, uh, like, the topic of should you be looking for someone that's super hot, that's like, you know, your dr- that looks like your dream person, or should you look for other qualities? That That topic comes up quite often because you're right. People are so self-conscious about am I attractive are they exactly what I I think for women it's a lot of like fantasizing so it's like are they like the dream guy that I have always imagined right (laughs) but so many women it's like if the guy's funny um if the guy treats them well 
it's like, I know a lot of women who, um, I'm not going to say a lot, but I know a fair percentage of women who were with like stereotypically modely guys, whatever the, the ideal man looks like in society left that man to be with a, with a guy who looks different because they're like, there's so much that's better. And they say even the sex is better because it's about the connection. Like women care so much about the connection and like being treated well. And, you know, if a personality is good. So I just want, I want everyone to know that, you know, from a woman perspective, it's not always, you know, you don't even have to think, oh, she's so much prettier than me. She's not going to be into me because I think for a lot of women, it's not even about that. It's like, there's so much more to it for us because we're deep. You know, I'm not saying that men aren't deep, but like, cause I, I just don't know. I'm just, just from my perspective as a woman, I know that it's so much deeper. How many guys have I like talked to who have this ideal prototype that I was like, oh my God, you're so boring. There's no way in hell I'm ever gonna sleep with you or go out with you or date you. And I'm not saying everyone who's super attractive is like that, but you know, it matters to us. I think personality always matters. The next thing I would, well, no, before we move on, what do you think about men's relationship to women? Like, do you think that men are more, it's more of a superficial thing and less of a deep connection? Uh, as far as like how women, um, uh, like how, men. how men value women. Cause I think the stereotype oh. for men is it's more superficial like men's attraction to women is a little bit more superficial than women's attraction to men you know what i'm saying mm, yeah yeah it's like different on both sides um i think it is different a little bit on both sides um i think as far as me as a man um i do look for um physical features that's just that's how i'm wired i think yeah. I, I'm always looking for physical physical features. Usually, the the better the physical feature, that means to me health. That usually means to be healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, I I love kind of like diving into that um, analysis because I'm like, okay, this person cares about their body. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's not just like oh, the tip to the ass thing. Like it's just like overall. Um, I will say the face, like how symmetrical the face is, like stuff like that. I do like that. Like I definitely look for that uh, in a woman. Um, and what else? Then, what would it, if it's not tits and ass, what is it? Skin? <laughs> um, so it's, it does come down to personality and how I relate to that person. I will, like, it's not all attraction. It is definitely personality for me. Um, I will say attraction is the gateway first. Mm -hmm. If I'm not attracted to them, I just, I don't want to force it. If I'm slightly attracted, maybe I'll try it. Maybe I'll try. But they got to have something going for me uh, where I would, like, I would want to be with that person. Um, and I could look at them, you know, 24-7. Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> sounds yeah. really savage but um that's how i'm thinking like gotta, gotta love looking at them um and so 
yeah, the personality thing would come next because if I can't relate to them on anything as far as our personalities lining up, um, that's just not going to, that's going to be a stressful environment. I just don't want that. Um, I know people can fix their relationships and all that, like cool stuff, but it's like, I don't want to have to fix anything. Like <laughs> I want it to be beautiful, like just easygoing um, and open-minded for sure. Like nothing closed-minded. I cannot stand a closed-minded person at all. Um, I would just cut that off right there. Um, they got to be open-minded. So yeah, I think it comes down to those for me as a man, it's like, attractive to my liking and then personality yeah yeah that's that sounds like basically how I look at men too um yeah I think that's very relatable for people um what was I gonna say oh yeah what you were talking about like the just feeling out the situation to see if they might be interested in you so people <laughs> like people hit on me in a lot of different ways online. So it's very interesting to see like my reaction to different ways of being hit on. Some people have some balls. Like some people they're th People that look all different ways will just shoot right to my DMs. I'll see that they are like new on my page. They'll come right to my DMs and be like, I am interested in you. Where do you live? We should meet up. <laughs> and I'm a direct person. So I think that's really cool. But it just so like, I, I just think that's great. Because I think I'll talk about the other ways that people have hit on me, but like, I think that's okay. I know exactly what they want. And in a way it saves time. It just so happens that all of these people I haven't been like attracted to, or the vibe isn't right. I don't know if that could, if the vibe is like, they're a little too forward. Um, but I, I do appreciate that. And I think it honors their time the most. You just get it out of the way. That's kind of how I do it too. If I'm going to hit on someone I'll just get it out of the way. And I'm like, I don't even care if it ruins the relationship. We haven't had time to build a relationship yet. I'm just going to do it. And if they're not interested, fine. Um, but then there are some people that like over time, I like have this idea that they might be into me. And like over time, they kind of like chip away, you know, at like the relationship. And then mm -hmm. finally, they'll kind of get down to it. Interestingly enough, even people with like, sometimes people have wives, sometimes people are in a relationship. And they'll eventually come down to like kind of hitting on me, which that's mm. a whole other topic. But um, but I I I like when people I, I also really like it when people do it super respectfully and like gradually over time, like they, it's clear that they're feeling out how I feel about them, which is kind of what you're describing. So I think that's cool. Have you ever had a situation where like I'm saying, or I was just saying that like women are not very forward in the primal community, but I have heard of some people getting really aggressively hit on in the primal community. Has that happened to you? Um, I have gotten some DMs. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten some DMs that they do seem overly friendly, uh, which is a good thing, I think. 
shows shows your your drive your interest yeah and, and it's not uh, um from from girls it's usually not very direct most of the time i've seen it's kind of just like they're kind of like a little a little flirty uh -huh. uh, yep. they're like oh i love i love what you're doing like tell me more about it kind of thing uh, and it's like for me i'm trying to get better at reading like hints and signals and things i think it's hard for us in this age because everything's just so like uh confusing with slang and like all this stuff and it's like it's not direct um so, <laughs> sometimes you kind of have to like check them and be like is this what you're talking about like what are you uh what are you getting at um but i'll usually like play along with it like to see how how they're interested with me um like what what their background is what they what they are curious about with me um kind of divulge into it because i think you can learn that way a little bit like what is, what are people interested in me about um and kind of like how can i want that a little bit or something um how can you whether there's cheese making like it's kind of like how can i flaunt my hobbies that people are interested in um at least in in the kind of ancestral primal space like what do people really like uh about you and um i've noticed cheese making has been one of them <laughs> that's so awesome <laughs> <laughs> like people like chicks will actually ask for pictures they want pictures of what i'm doing yeah we love uh, that we love that. <laughs> it's so cool. It's just, yep. Yeah. It's Man, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool to see um, people interested in those kind of traditional hobbies and things like no one ever talks about that in like a, a club or something. Who the hell talks about making cheese at a club? Like, right. it's just like, you have to find those people. And those people will sometimes find you, like in this case. Um, actually, Wes Rowe is an example. A girl, his wife-to-be actually reached out to him, he said, through Insta. And she addressed him, which I thought was really interesting. So that's something. It's so inspiring. Yes, it's so inspiring. <laughs> and they lived in different... Well, I'm not going to try... <sighs> I, I wanted to have them on the podcast and like, we're still in talks about it. Um, Cause I, mm. I just want to hear about their journey. But uh, as far as I know, guys, don't quote me and Wes, sorry that we're always talking about you on here, but both Ben and I have been really inspired by you. So it's just, you come up, you're like our role model, my role model at least. Um, but they lived in different states, you guys. Like these kind of stories I want people to fucking pay attention to. They lived in different states and he moved her to him. So do you guys get it that like if you don't know anyone around you, you can make that shit happen? Like, do you guys get that? <laughs> like it's possible. You will make it happen. One person will be like willing to um, move or like like Ben, like one person can be fully remote or whatever um, with their job. It's like, this shit happens. Like if, if you want to make it happen, it'll fucking happen. I'm, I love dating and it's, it's just hard to see people like, yeah, I don't think it's ever going to work. Cause like, I don't know. There's other they, people live too far away. I'm like, dude, you can, you can make it happen. And people are doing that around us and it's cool. It's really cool to see. Um, mm. 
But yeah, I will say, Ben, I think it's split. Actually, now I'm realizing with men and women, after talking to everybody about this, I think some women, like some people can be super aggressive and that's kind of refreshing because you're like, okay, at least I know where they're coming from. But I would say like a lot of especially women are so subtle with the way that we're flirting and stuff like that because we don't want to... I don't know. We don't want to be like too aggressive or something. Mm. So it it can be hard to tell. I think women just by nature, we can be really hard to read sometimes. Um, but yeah, but, nice. it, but it, what? <laughs> it's like nice. <laughs> <laughs> but like with these, with these things that with these groups that are coming up and like having physical meetups and having apps to be able to see who's single or not. I think it's, it's all helping. Um, do you have some, I don't know when you, you need to stop here, Ben. Um, I don't have an early start tomorrow, so I could go for a little longer. Okay. Um, I know you wanted to talk about the salt stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. The fucking salts. And I, um, yeah. Okay. We did the hormones. Oh, oh, actually everything else on my list we have addressed. And so before we move out of the romance side of things, would you like to share your experience with porn? Did you have a, did you have a journey with that? Um, I'll say I did go through a phase with it. I did go through a phase in um, probably high school. Okay. I think those age years. Um, man, I think uh, I think I was confused actually because my hormones weren't producing probably how they were when I was a little younger, mm-hmm. and I think porn was a stimulant to try to get the hormones back up. Mm. Maybe that's what I, I think. You know think about it, i think that's what i was trying to achieve is like why am i not feeling you know optimal hormones and, and urges anymore wow. so i think that's why i started it um i probably watched it i don't know in high school probably like once a week for like a year or so you know, maybe probably like two years but um after doing it for a while i started getting burnt out I got burnt out on all that kind of entertainment and uh, in your face, like extreme, you know, with vulgar stuff going on to most people that have normal sex, like they do some wild stuff in, in porn. So it's like extreme. Um, yeah. And I think you get desensitized like a lot of other people. Um, Cause it's just, your brain gets overwhelmed with all of these like fake um, I don't know, fake firing of the nerves and stuff. Like you're actually going to have sex with someone, but you're not mm. like, you're, you're not actually doing anything. Um, and I think that was burning me out. It was like, there's no relationship there. There's no real relationship. Um, so I think I just stopped because I was burning out and I couldn't, I couldn't see a benefit going forward after about like two years. That's all it took for me. Wow, that's awesome. Because isn't it crazy that there are people like middle aged people that are still addicted to it and like have been since the internet was a thing? That's terrible. yeah, they are a different case. 
they are just like maybe it's it's maybe it just comes down to addiction at that point. If you form an addiction for it, you will find a way to get to it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, oh. they're different. So you right? So you like that wasn't a really much part of a health your health journey. Like you you didn't really in high school i mean it just doesn't quite relate you were already off porn long before you started this diet yeah yeah luckily i was long gone um from porn like college years i didn't even touch it um surprisingly yeah (laughs) i would say that's unique i'm i'm gonna say that that's that's unique Hmm. like i don't know if you would ever talk about that with your friends but like doesn't don't you see people around you that have a different relationship to it especially yeah in like college days um so this this sex culture was definitely alive in college that's for sure um at least all my friends you know they're talking about stories and and what other wild stuff in college um but no one ever really talked about, about porn actually and it, i think people Either they didn't do it or they were afraid to talk about it. Um, that just wasn't like a a fun topic to talk about <laughs> with us in college. We were just like, yo, what did you watch the other day? Like we didn't we didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's so true. Because one, porn is dark, but two, I'm just realizing the questions I ask people are not normal questions to ask. I'm like, do you watch porn? <laughs> you know, like yeah. It gets deep, that. yeah. Um, that gets deep. So that that never really came up, and um, I think it's it's something. Yeah, people keep to themselves um, because people see it as a bad thing, which in most cases it is it is kind of a bad habit. So people don't like to talk about bad stuff, I guess, like that. Um, yeah, it was really just. I don't know. I just felt like I was also very introverted in college um luckily I joined like a whole like engineering fraternity so it's like a it's like a nerd frat basically That's um cool. yeah it was it was that really helped like me bloom as a person I started to get more extroverted like that because I realized how much community could help you um but I didn't do any like social it wasn't a social party frat it was just strictly like academic um gatherings and stuff uh really low-key parties or whatever kind of thing so yeah it was really fun but yeah yeah, that's without going tangent that's pretty much experience okay okay cool good to know so with the salt let's segue abruptly to that topic um tell Mm -hmm. us about your experience with that because you don't eat any salt now currently right yes a resounding yes. <laughs> um, I am very scared of salts now, which may or may not be a good thing. Yeah. But I will tell you my background on salts real quick. Um, I have always loved salt. And one could say I've had an addiction to salt. <laughs> I love it so much. Um I think it like started as a kid when we would have meals at like a dinner table or something. Um, 
And my family cooks like really nice, like animal based meals most of the time. Um, so they got something going for it. But there'd be times where I, th- now that I look back at it, I think the meals, um, they were sometimes so overcooked that <laughs> there was no flavor or, dare I say, minerals mm-hmm. left in the food. Mm-hmm. And so I would just pour salt on my food. Ooh. And my family would just, they thought it was like normal. They're like, yeah, he likes salt, whatever. Um, so they just let me do it. And so I would just eat salt um, most of my meals. Now, here's when it gets weird. Probably, I would say, getting into the college years. Um, I was at the point where I wasn't getting enough minerals and and vitamins and all the stuff from my family's cooking for years kind of thing I think because when I got to the college time I got to the point where I would just eat salt by itself and that's when I knew it was an issue (laughs) (laughs) I would I would have salt with me like all the time no I'm serious oh my god you told me like I had Salt by your, by itself, but I didn't know that that you carried it with you. <laughs> no, you didn't. Yes, and it's like, wow, I was so depleted. I think in minerals, mm. and I think that was the trigger. But I I started getting an unhealthy like obsession with salt because I thought I always was craving uh you know, something salty. I was like, oh, I'm just a salty guy. Like, I love salt. Like, just, I don't like, I was like, I like salty more than sweet kind of guy. That's what I was kind of classifying myself as. And I didn't know anything on the background of salt, you know, what it's made of, where it comes from. (laughs) I didn't question it. Um, So I was getting like the most basic salt from like dining halls or something. (laughs) Like, iodized salt whatever it is yeah it's like processed as hell uh these little packets <laughs> and i would take the <laughs> i would go to these dining halls and i would take handfuls of these little packets and put them on my backpack <laughs> walk off with them <laughs> and, and it honestly is like ridiculous sounding um but i was just like in the middle of a class or something just pouring out of my hand knock it back like it was nothing like it was just like a lot of salt actually it was probably like i don't even know 16th of a tablespoon or something um in a little packet and i would just crush it and then down with a little water and i noticed it was never enough every time i had the salt i always needed more you need more and i was like this is low-key an addiction like (laughs) i can't make the craving go down for the salt and my issue I found was I was drinking so much water because I I needed the water after I ate all that salt because it was an imbalance right after I ate that salt it was just too much salt there's no magnesium there's no potassium there's no nothing to balance it out and I didn't know that um until like keto and all that stuff happened which is way later in the college years um but now, like as a freshman, this is where I am now. 
uh, at that time and I'm just eating the salt and I start um, just getting like, I think I just got really dehydrated, really dehydrated at one point because I was drinking so much water after the salt that it would deplete everything. Like I just didn't have any more electrolytes in my system. It, it would just, and the salt wouldn't even help my electrolytes, even though it's supposed to have, you know, all the natural sodium and everything. I was drinking so much water because the salt would imbalance me, like I was saying, mm -hmm. but it would flush out everything regardless. So the salt did nothing. Wow. Yeah. It's such a vicious cycle. So vicious. And, um, Man, I, uh, I'm trying to think about how I got out of that cycle. I think, I think it went into the keto years. And when I started eating keto, I realized what electrolytes were. And I figured out you needed a balance of things. It's got to be a harmony of electrolytes and, and minerals and stuff. And um, when I was doing keto, I was still eating a lot of salt. And this is funny because as my family started questioning that I was still eating this much salt. They're like, Ben, like, why are you still salting your food so heavy? Like, they were just really questioning it. And I was very, um, I was very dogmatic, actually, when I was doing keto. I was like, no, trust me, this is the way. Like, we need salt. We need all these added minerals from rocks and whatever it is it's coming from, um, which I still didn't understand where the sources were, which I'm mad at myself. I didn't look into the sources of where these things are coming from. And so I kept going on with my dogmatic thinking. I was like, yep, this is the way, this is the way. Keto, gotta have electrolytes supplemented. And as soon as I went carnivore, um, I had realized that uh, the powders weren't doing anything because I, my energy dramatically increased when I was talking about earlier, when I went like animal-based higher animal uh, content mm -hmm. boosted, I was still salting my meats because I was cooking everything really well done, almost very well done. Uh, so it was all cooked carnivore. And at that time I was like, okay, I understand electrolytes. So I need salt. And I think I'm getting minerals from the cooked food. So I thought for a while I was getting the minerals from the cooked carnivore, at least naturally. Turns out once I go raw primal, I realized putting salt on my food was absolutely disgusting. It was something I thought was mind blowing because I've loved salt all my life. But when I put it on raw foods that contain natural sodium in them, I realized <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I no longer need to add something to my food. It's all there. Um, and I was just, that was another mind blowing moment. I was like, I don't need some man made or man, man processed and harvested supplement on my food and I felt free like at that moment because I was like 
I don't need to add anything to my food anymore. It's amazing. And so now I'm thinking, okay, there are people in the community that still use salt. And I think that's mad interesting. That's really interesting um, because they make the case that we're still depleted in sodium and all these minerals because the soil is like depleted and all that, which to an extent is true. Um, but soils are being rebuilt, uh, thankfully, through like regenerative farming and all that. Um, but I think if you are eating enough, enough of the raw animal products, not like no 20% raw, 70% cooked like BS, you got to at least like have most of your meals raw, I feel like. Then you can make the case for I don't need salt because I'm I'm getting enough real raw foods uh, and it's not just like once a month raw food you gotta be you gotta be scientific with that um in that aspect so to kind of tie that back um to the salt uh, pro argument is people are salting their foods probably because that they've been taught all their life they should salt their, their foods um, and they, they're always craving some, uh, like Frank says before, you know, craving some sort of, uh, brain stimulation, like overstimulation of a flavor or something. And that's also why I was a little addicted to salt. I was always craving a stimulation. And when I stopped salting, my stimulation just bottomed out. And I thought that was a bad thing at first, but when I kept eating the raw meals, I was like, wow, I don't need to be overstimulated. Like this, this is at peace. This is like nice. <laughs> so there was just multiple things that were leading me to, to not salting my food anymore. I was just like, don't need the overstimulation. I'm getting the minerals from the foods. And then the big one I realized is I detox really hard after I eat salt. And I know it's the salt specifically that's detoxing uh detoxing itself out of my body is because i'll get a drainage coming down from my brain i think or my my nasal uh cavities and it'll, it'll turn turn this mucus that's extremely salty and it burns me it literally burns my my lining and i just don't enjoy that <laughs> so, <laughs> i just don't think salt is necessary in our natural diet if that makes sense yeah it does oh it's so interesting because it's something that a lot of people aren't even touching yet and yeah it's also interesting I know people that eat raw meat and they add salt to it and it's funny because I've always been a salt person too like I liked everything over stimulation um like mm. everything in my life so all the flavors all the processed foods um but I never have eaten my I've never eaten raw meat with salt so I just started not adding mm. salt to it and I still never do so actually thinking about it I I probably cut my salt consumption and you know that I don't do 100% raw I do like mm. 50% like I would say a solid 50% I eat raw every day um 
But I, I probably cut my salt consumption by like 70% because I have my raw meat meals or I'll eat like raw bone marrow and then like some fruit in the morning. We're not salting any of the primal diet stuff. I'm not salting. I don't make the beef tartare mm. and stuff like that. I just go super simple. But then the cooked food I make is like some kind of more involved thing like pancakes or whatever. Um, and I'll salt that. But um it's so customary to me if I'm eating raw meat or anything from the primal diet, I'm just not salting it. I'm not even dogmatic about it. I just don't, you, you, you can, I can intuitively taste that I don't need the salt when I'm eating raw. So I yeah. never want to salt the raw meat. So I think it's interesting when I see people making like really involved beef tartare with like capers and stuff like that, like yum, that sounds good, but it just, that just doesn't happen it's just it it doesn't like compute to me i'm like oh mm. i've never thought of like making it a more involved thing to me the primal diet's just like eating a steak raw like super simple stuff and then i just started buying unsalted butter so so yeah it's mm. it's 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 interesting how naturally that came to me without even having to think about it and then hearing your journey with the salt i'm definitely like yeah, it makes you think if it's detoxing that much out of your body. Um, so interesting. Like, wh why do you think the salt detox is so intense? I think you were telling me before, maybe it was because you ate so much of it in the past. Um, That is a factor, I would say. So much of it um, being eaten in the past, I think... Uh, my brain is finally getting a chance to let go um, of all these built up salt crystals or, you know, the rock that it is. Um, I'm sorry about that. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, built up stores of rock, basically salt. I agree with Ajanis and what he says. I don't think our bodies are made to eat rocks and that's how i look at salt i'm like damn like how does your body break down something that doesn't even have animal cells in it it, it doesn't even have anything it has the components that you need the sodium and the um chloride but it's like those are found in actual animal cells which you can assimilate you can digest those things rocks and salt like there is the case that you could go like an animal would go lick uh, a salt rock that kind of thing mm -hmm. but i've heard that's only when the animal is absolutely desperate for any kind of minerals and it can't get it from a diet mm -hmm. uh, that it eats so that makes sense like if i was in desperation mode i would eat some damn salt mm -hmm. <laughs> But I'm not going to rely on a rock um, anymore. I just think <laughs> it just sounds silly. <laughs> um, and so why it's so painful is, um, I know I keep quoting Ajanis, but what he says, it makes so much sense. It's like the salt when it makes contact with animal cells, at least it acts as an explosive. Um, and he, he showed examples um, of like frog legs. Like you would put salt on frog legs and they'll like twitch and they'll do all these weird stuff. Um, 
because their body is like it's thinking it's um it's being it's like seized up by some sort of foreign mineral or rock that it, it can't assimilate so it kind of like shocks the nerves and everything like that uh, and i was like that makes you think at least like what it's doing inside your body like is it even friendly at all in that rock form and so when you taste salt this is how i connected it with the detox when you taste salt by itself it's very strong like it should be very strong and we were talking about this a while ago it's like how salt is more strong to us now um and stuff like that and so when i taste it now even though like three little grains i'm like Ugh. like it's it's wild so i match that i match that level of intensity that i'm getting from the salt to the detox that's coming down my uh nasal little passage and it's the same saltiness level it's that same like oh my god what is that in the back of my throat it is so salty i think it's i think it's the salt coming through because i've had mucus that's not salty at all it's just normal you know get a cold cough it out whatever um but this i've never had this before this salty mucus that's come through and i'm like this has got to be my my brain getting a chance to release salt or something. That's so crazy. And it does make you think, Ben. You're you're putting out a really good case here. Like you're you're making me think. Cause I've always thought about like how did people back in the day like know to use sea salt? Or like how did people know to take in any nutrients i guess but like it just didn't make sense to me like people that didn't live near the water or like why would you yeah why would you take a rock out and like eat it <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't sound very primal or traditional to me it sounds like very manufactured and i've always thought about that and i still eat it but <laughs> making me think man you're really making me think and like yeah like how I just intuitively knew like if I'm gonna eat raw meat I'm not gonna salt it and I just never felt like I needed that oh it's so interesting it's yeah and you can make a case for the people that they uh what do they cure their meats in salt to make it last longer or something oh like there was there's those people but it's like what was the real purpose were they just trying to preserve the meat or did they actually want the salt I'm thinking they were trying to preserve the meat I think that was it. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, like it gets over salted, I would think, um, from my understanding of curing and, and all that stuff. But that, and that, actually, that's funny because I had that salted bacon the other day. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, I let out some demons. ben was telling me about how he ate beef because i put up a picture of beef bacon in the primal meetup and ben was like yeah tell us what happened okay so um i thought it was a really good idea to go to the butcher to get some nice quality bacon and eat it raw uh for the first time ever yeah it sounds weird right It sounds weird, um, but I was like, I want something with that like really fat, high uh, fat content. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh shit, maybe bacon would be nice actually. Um, I was kind of dumb, and I didn't even ask them like 
how heavily salted it was or like how cured it was, what it was cured with. I just trusted him. I was like, screw it. You know, they probably, I knew they get it from like the acorn fed pigs and stuff, Oh, which is wow. awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. It's so awesome, man. Like, I'm glad they, they even offer that. I wouldn't even think they would offer that there. Oh, so I will say like when I got, I got beef bacon and then I also got uh, the pork bacon. Um, and so when I got home, I, this is the first time in a while I had tried anything salted. Cause like, I'm not like completely against salt for this uh, kind of experimental reasons. Like I still want to experiment with it. So I won't, I won't cut it out completely. Um, but I only experiment with it. So I grabbed the pork uh, bacon and grabbed the beef bacon. <clears throat> I put them in like some sort of like little uh, scramble with like some uh, cucumber and like all this kind of like stuff to, to make it like refreshing tasting and stuff. So it's not all salty. And so when I ate it, the first couple bites was very salty. Um, that was my first impression. And I was like, should I continue eating this? That's what I, that's why I asked myself. And the flavor of the bacon, I think was so good. The seasoning and, and the cure that was on, on it. It was so good. I hadn't had that stimulation in a while. And I was like, damn, like, I'm going to keep eating this. And, um, man, I got hooked for like three to four days. I ate that like every, once a day at least. And, um, I think after that, third day after that third day i think it finally got through my digestive tract and um i just released some demons like <laughs> it was like i think like all that salt that came in it just like opened up my my vessels and everything like all like water and everything went with it It wasn't solids. It was water too. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was massive, like a uh, release of everything. And it felt like I was doing like a salt detox or something. like, like when you drink Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's, I am not, what's the word? I am not up to par with a lot of like Americans and, and standard citizens with the salt intake they have right now. So it shocks my body even more when I eat salt. Average person can eat bacon probably every day and be okay. But me right now, it is an explosive. <laughs> it's, like, it's so crazy. You know what's funny? Oh God, this is a whole other whatever. We're, we're there's just gonna be infinite topics that we won't be able to get to tonight because I think it's interesting. You know how our bodies react to something like you're so healthy, but ugh, I can't even get into it. It's a deep topic. It's this the topic of like. Why deal with the detox? Like if some people can eat bacon every day and be fine, why are we here 
<laughs> like withstanding diarrhea and eating raw meat like why like let's just hear your answer to that before we move on so just to make sure i understand like why people can eat like cooked carnivore and like salted stuff yeah why do some people eat regular processed food and go out to eat all the time and they're they feel like fine you know mm. they, they don't feel like perfect health but like i have a lot of friends who are like yeah i'm generally healthy no big health problems and they go out they drink they eat at restaurants they have coffee every day and they're like fine mm. and then here we are <laughs> eating all this crazy shit to feel good sometimes, but then other times to have these crazy detox reactions. Like, why are we doing this, Ben? Good question. I think we have not found out what our natural state of a human being is. We have been fed foods and, uh, consumables dare i say drugs um that <laughs> that do not tell us what the side effects of eating those things would be yes they tell us the side effects of drugs they don't tell us the side effects of eating certain foods that have been processed 30 times over maybe mm. like uh seed oils big one um and it's it goes back to the ancestral people why are we not living like them and why do they not detox or claims to never detox in um like the the journals of people that visited those uh countries and stuff they never said anything about detox mm. never um, and so circling this back, I think as soon as I read this kind of primal diet information, it made sense that if our bodies don't have the proper nutrients to facilitate all of this years of processed junk detoxing from ourselves, then we never will detox in a safe manner. As a normal, as a casual, like normie being, if we did a detox randomly out of nowhere, like say a big salt detox, like I've heard people who have like damaged their bodies, like organs and stuff, because your body's not ready to detox that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's holding so much crap in there and it's like, it doesn't have enough fat, healthy fat to bind to it and, and transport out the body if we're ready to detox with a healthy um, and supportive environment, it's like, we're going to be back to that ancestral time. I think eventually, um, whether it's in this generation or the next or the, or the next, the next, the next, um, I think it's like, we gotta, we gotta look at the, the big picture. Like right now, yeah, your friends, like they're just pounding coffee or whatever, like they're chilling, mm -hmm. but it's like, I'm just like, I think I'm, it sounds arrogant, but it's like, I think I would outlive those people right now. I would outlive them because one, I'm arming my body with nutrients to deal with any further toxins. 
I believe. Right. And um, if I have a major, uh, let's say a major like accident or some incident or something, it's like people on this diet have been proven or at least primal raw eating. They've been proven to heal their bodies faster than any like normie body has ever uh, lived to tell kind of thing. So it's like, it's just, I feel like you have all the things going for you. If you, if you just eat naturally and whole and non-processed and just intuitively look at what you're eating. And if there is fake, what do they call them? Uh, additives and additives and like all the fake sugar alternatives, like all that kind of stuff. It's just like, that is triggering your your instincts but i think in a wrong way because it's artificial it's artificial cravings that's what i'm trying to say it's artificial cravings and i don't think that makes sense for living naturally because it's artificial mm -hmm. that was a long answer no <laughs> it's good um so you basically think it's more big picture, long-term, like maybe these people feel good now, but they're not going to, they're going to go. I mean, that is quite an argument. You see how people age and the general population, how they age is bad, Ben. It's bad. I mean, in my opinion, it's bad, dude. Like, mm. and also the women, like they're wearing makeup and it still looks bad. Like the, the skin looks uh. bad. The bodies look bad in my opinion, but not everyone yeah. does. So like, I know a lot of farmers who like, you're like, what age are you? And they're like 45, but they look like my age or like, it's just, you're, they kind of just look ageless. I'm just kind of like, I couldn't put an age on you. You don't look old. I know you're not young though. So like, I think we have proof. And like you say, with the primal diet, there, there are some, there are some, there's some documentation that, that people age really well and blah, blah, blah. Um, mm -hmm. So anyway, you're basically saying that the people, the normie <laughs> approach to life is like, that'll get you in the long run. And if anything were to happen, you might not heal that well, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly yeah, what I'm saying. Because um, I have seen in my uh, view that, I mean, I can say my, my family, for example, like they have always had the standard American diet uh, guidelines in their life. And I know they could look better for their age. And it makes me mad. It makes me really mad because they don't want to adopt new things. Um, I understand that, that whole, like, everyone's on the same page, camaraderie, you know, cool. But you, I feel like they're just, they're not self-reflecting on their habits their entire life, ever. They're kind of just like, uh, until someone tells me something like a close friend, then I'll think about it type thing. But like for you, example, with your friends, if you told them, <laughs> I know you don't like to be like, like pushy, but if you'd be like, yo, like there's, there's these YouTube video compilations of people like coming off of coffee withdrawals and, and caffeine, caffeine addictions. And it's like, you can see it in their face. 
like they are hurting um and they got the eye bags and everything and so it's like it comes back to the whole your health reflects on the outside kind of thing it can reflect on the outside if it gets bad some people are like they have a nice face um but it's just like their internal areas are just a little messed up a little dysfunctional but once you start getting into like super high stress because your body's like working overtime to clean up i've seen a lot of cases like for example vegans uh they have terrible like eye sunken eyes they call it i don't know if you heard of that yeah. man you should go that's why i kind of want you to look up a disparage in his stuff mm -hmm. uh or or his other name's godis um his account it's called um it's called the epitome series and it shows all of these vegan youtubers who have literally deteriorated over time um and whether or not they're dead or not it, it shows the progression of like how much deterioration is going on in their body and stuff um because they're also eating like you know beyond meat and all that kind of processed stuff so it's, it's like there's a lot of proof out there to show people um which we, we just don't get exposed to it i think due to uh, algorithms and what's being pushed kind of thing yeah uh, i that's what i've been noticing yeah yeah i think and unfortunately i think the average person is like oh that's just what happens when you get older you start to <laughs> yeah and then as a 31 year old i'm like you guys first of all 30 isn't even that old second of no. all i've never considered that as old but people turn 30 and they're like my life is over and then once they start to have that mindset i've seen it got like people in new york when i lived in new york city that narrative was really strong there like once i turn 30 i'm like never going to be able to date people i'm going to look horrible and I would see people deteriorate, Ben, within like two years or three years. And they look so much older just in a couple of years. And I'm because I think people have this narrative of like, it's it doesn't even matter what I eat. If I get older, I'm going to look like shit. It's just uh -huh. all that's all bad. That's nothing in that is helping you. It's crazy. <laughs> So I think people don't even know they do, people don't know that reverse aging is a thing. And if you're uh, in the development industry, if you're in the raw primal industry, if you're in the health world, you see that reverse aging is a thing. And I've seen it again and again with the raw primal folks. Like, it's crazy. Wes, I told him this. He he had serious reverse aging. You know, yeah. I have had reverse aging just by giving up. In my case, it was giving up alcohol, drugs, and like eating more at home. Even from that, I experienced reverse aging. 10 years ago, there are some pictures of me that look older than how I am now. 10 years ago. It's crazy. Really? You're gonna, you might have to send me those because I'm curious. <laughs> I'll post them. I'll post them. And I'm like covered in makeup. It's like we're capable oh, of great regeneration, you know? We're capable of great regeneration. Okay, so I'm so tired. Let we gotta get off this thing. We've it's been almost four hours. Do you like <laughs> do you realize it's been almost four hours? Um, okay, Ben, do you have any final words for the folks listening at home? Um 
I would say um, try to cut out salt. <laughs> try, to, try to cut out salt see what happens um it might be the last vice that you have but i promise you like you're not gonna die if you cut it out immediately i cut it out almost cold turkey um and i didn't pass out and do anything detrimental to my health um yeah I would I would continue to experiment on yourself because I think that's the new wave of uh science. Mm, I love <laughs> that ending. I love that ending. It's definitely on brand for both of us for sure. Um, but cut out salt, you would say cut out salt and do the raw primal diet, right? Not just cut out salt randomly while still eating. That's a good point. Um, yes, I would still lean on salt a little bit. Um, if you're completely cooked and everything, um, your body may still need that as its only mineral um, kind of supplementation or source, I should say. Um, but when you're on raw, yeah, you can cut it out. Um, make sure you're like, it's 100% raw. I wouldn't I mean, you can like sear your steaks or whatever you want to do, but you're going to notice that you need salt. If you sear something for too long, you're going to be like, oh, there's no, there's no natural little saltiness in the, in the raw meat anymore. So, um, yeah, I, that's a good point. I would still use salt a little bit and cooked. Um, it's not optimal in my opinion, but, um, yeah, if, if you're, you're dying and you feel like you need it, <laughs> I guess go for it okay all right man I'm gonna think about that too I'm gonna think about that myself Ben thank you so much for joining us again back on the podcast you guys Ben Holmes is at true.healthproject on Instagram and we'll link his YouTube in the show notes thank you Ben yeah I appreciate you uh letting us Go where no one else is going. <laughs> <laughs> We're trailblazing right now. Yes. I love Thank it. Thank you. This was fun. Okay, you guys, I need your help here. I want to get word spread about the info that we share in this show as much as possible. I want it to reach around the world. It already has. I want it to continue to reach around the world. And I want us to be able to share this information because this is empowering shit. You guys know that I only share empowering shit on here. I only share stuff that is going to make you feel like your dreams can become a reality and you can create what you want in your life and you can achieve what you want in your life and big changes can happen. Big evolution can happen in a positive direction in your life. I've done that in my life. It is my goal. It is my life purpose to help as many other people achieve that as well. So if you can help me do this, I would be so grateful. Please share this episode, share my podcast, other people about my podcast, share it on Instagram, 
I would just so appreciate that. Subscribe, uh, whatever we can do to get the word out more about this information. I love providing it for you guys. It makes me so happy and it would just mean the world to me if you continue to share it. I love you guys so much. Info on how to work with me is in the show notes. I have a group coaching course. I have one-to-one private coaching. I have a workshop. There will be more offerings in the future. I'm There's a lot going on. So all of this info is in the show notes and enjoy. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Talk to you soon. I love you.